Yes. You hear me? Yeah, man. You hear me all right? There you go. It's all good. <laughs> we haven't done one of these in a fucking million years, man. It's been a fucking long time. How you doing? <laughs> I know. I miss you. Yeah. Hold on. Hanging in there by a thread. <laughs> you you knew you were pulling your girls out last week before everything went to nut shit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything, man. I just like same thing happened at the beginning. I'm like, mm, nah. We should we should fucking be super safe. I don't know. Ah, uh, you nailed it. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Pre- I'm not gonna pretend like I know anything because I really don't. It's just fucking whatever, you know. It's a fluke. Connor School is still open. Really? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Send them, you know. But no, we didn't send them. But yeah. Okay. They don't fall under the same... Uh, but that's different. That's more essential services, I think, too, right? Because it's... It's because there's, what, three, four kids per class. There's uh, three or four, you know? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, don't, okay. A lot more or, control. Or it's because they can't actually do distance learning. Right. Yeah. That's true. That's the difference. Whatever. But we're like, it, now. Nah, it's more it's more like caretaking and education wrapped up into one service right so it's it, it falls in a different category i get Probably. that i mean i i don't know i don't know what's best i don't even know i won't even pretend i i become very selfish in times like this i'm like you know what it's okay our little boîte here our little box we're good mm-hmm. like like the fucking apocalypse was gonna hit you know and your neighbor is scraping at the door but if you open the door you kill everyone, you know, like that's the extreme version that has been portrayed in video games forever and movies. I don't know. As long as I'm safe and my fucking family's all right, I don't even fucking remember anything else. <laughs> yeah. How fast it snowballed though. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like exact repeat of last year, right? Almost the same fucking time. Everything's happening again. And then wait, next week, you know, in two, three weeks, it's gonna be like, uh oh, here we are. More trouble. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, man, how are you doing? Like, I mean, I say I don't give a shit, but I care about certain people, yeah. obviously. How are you doing, man? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. We're good. You know, just to, we're all like wondering if, hmm, did we catch it at some point? Do we have it? We all have like the sniffles, right? So, yeah, yeah. You know, Even wife- Cassidy was saying, I want to take the rapid test because I want to make sure because I feel like I have a sniffle. Everyone's so fucking worried, man. Everyone's worried, you know? Wife, because she actually had somebody where she's working that has it caught it but yeah she just she's not in the same area but yeah. she wants a test good luck finding a test getting a, an appointment it's not happening steal one from the kids rapid test man use one of those they the fucking that's that's what they're for man <laughs> i know it's for the kids fuck. michael never got it oh really no shit I mean, I don't know which if it's by school or whatever, but they sent like five home with uh, each kid. Like uh, here, I'm like, wow, fuck, why? Now I know why. They knew. They knew. I think the elementary's got them first. I don't know. I don't Probably. Or sanded any of them out. They probably. It, it could be in some schools where they said you have to pick them up if you need them because maybe they didn't get the same supply. Yeah. I have no fucking idea. I don't even know, man. But I defer to other people for that shit, man. Plunged ourselves into lockdown again. If you're wondering, if you're anywhere in the world watching this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I imagine it's very similar in other places in the world too. Right now, it's a big crisis because the number of cases is literally back on that fucking exponential curve up. We went from 500 to a thousand to four thousand, like 
in this area of Montreal and whatever. I don't know if, it's a, if that's the province or the city or whatever, but... No, no, it's it's the province. But sorry, sorry, wrong choice of words, not laugh. But think of this. Somebody tweeted out, I can't remember who it was. Yeah. Was he tested at home? He tested positive. Yeah. How are they going to know? All the people are... <laughs> they're not in the counts. They're not in the case counts, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah, so what that's he, true. He went and waited in line for two hours to get tested, so he got registered. Which wow. is noble, but yeah. Christ's sake, think of that though. Think I'm you know what it's in, it's interesting because there's a lot of places that have like the, for for my work we've got an app specifically for our our campus our office that you have to not only use the scan to get in but it's right. also an opportunity for you to oh fuck I have symptoms as soon as you report it it becomes part of that system is a there's a a control group that basically a very you know confidential information uh, respect, but still like people have to be aware that there are X number of people with symptoms and that can lead to a diagnosis. Exactly. And it's fucked up. It's fucked up, man. There's nothing normal these days. Nothing normal at all. No, no. I, so we're taking a big break because the kids are home and uh, nothing is going to yeah. get done. Get done. So yeah. <laughs> well, I, I decided because like I, I, this today was a fluke, a total fluke. I wasn't supposed to be at home today, but because, you know, I'm in emergency mode for work and it just happened. I'm like, Oh my God, today, after so many fucking weeks, I felt normal in my new normal, you know, like that was new two years ago. I went to fucking, I, I ran a bit. I got shit done. I had chores. I'm still working. I got the fucking laptops open and everything. Yep. I got fucking editing of videos done. Like, Jared's episode's coming out today. Let's go. And you're like, yeah, okay, no problem. Boom, here we are. We're fucking, this is, to me, this is normal. This is what I qualify as fucking normal. I miss this so much, man. I, I'm so thankful. It's like well, long overdue, man. Long overdue. Fucking hell. Yeah. You know? And I, I tell you, I, I think, I mean, even though, because TiboVision was on a break, the, the, the vodcast, the weekly vodcast was on a break for two, three weeks at least, it's fun to be able to fit Jared's episode in just before the end of the year. I'm so thankful for that. And I messaged him. You saw in the, in the DM that I put to both you guys. I'm like, yeah, your episode's coming out. It's finally going to happen just before the end of the year. And I think this is the last time that we're going to do it in this format. Yeah. I don't know exactly, but we've talked a little bit about how it's going to change. And we're going to maybe do something more with a live element. Still recorded, but more live. So this might be our last fucking intro ever for Vision, unless we, you know, fucking change our minds and do another show. I don't know. <laughs> Some fucking new thing. You got to come up with something, man. You got to start a fucking show and then I'll, I'll help you do intros about that. That'll be a freaking great thing. We'll definitely figure something out because it's, no it's too much fun. So <laughs> Yeah. Just today, man, editing the fucking episode with Jared. And this happens every fucking time. It's like, oh my God, yeah, I forgot this story. Oh my God, I forgot that fucking funny thing that Enzo said. Oh shit, I talked too much. Oh, you're, you know, all of these things. It's a blast. I relive it. And it's like, ah, oh, and I feel so fucking satisfied, selfishly, but also like uh, uh, justified in that reason why we do this is to fucking meet other people and get other perspectives. Our little problems, our COVID, whatever situation, other people, man, make us realize that, hey, it's better or worse than we thought. Uh, and there's other things maybe we should be paying attention to. So speaking of which, before we get into Jared, tell me about tell me about you. Tell me about the stuff that you've been working on in the past few weeks. I have had the pleasure 
of working on one of yours that was an unexpected surprise. So go ahead. That's that's what I'm waiting for. I can't wait to get those. That's going to be a blast. What you did is I think you just pushed that song over. You put it over. That's what it was missing. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because the way I look at it is that I am required to put in 150% to match the caliber of what you have already done. So this is so funny. We have t- very slightly different takes on it, but in the end, I hope anyway, for what I'm going to contribute, that it makes it worthy of that song. Like it's so fucking good. That song. man. It's awesome. And the funny part was I realized after you had worked on it, that the mix that I sent you wasn't even the mix that I, the final mix that I have here. Right. This, right. Which is like, I listened to it this morning when I was, uh, I went grocery shopping again. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's the one. Oh shit. That's <laughs> this. I can literally put Paul's vocals like on top of the final. Mi- oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, as a reward to fucking finishing this for me is that the reward being that I will finally get you to de- deliver the tracks as promised. That's the reward. Like basically doing what I said I was going to do this episode being edited and popped out and put online, then it's going to be like, all right, then I'm going to single out those tracks and send them to you. They're going to be a mess. They're going to be a mess, but you've dealt with a lot worse. (laughs) You did. I was enthralled watching you. I was like, holy fuck. Because yes, I've, I've recorded you before, but we never had all, all, you know, the chance of doing all the backups. Like we had two tracks for your vocals in the old days. So that's all we we didn't have a lot of room. We didn't have room for it. Yeah, exactly. you remember when we did backups, we did it, the four of us standing on one mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very Beatles style. Yeah, <laughs> fucking old school recording or you any know, old rock recording. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, it worked. OK, fine. But watching you do it and, and OK, I'm going with this key here. I'm going with this pitch. Uh, like fuck. <laughs> it's a master class. It's awesome. I was so glad you were there, man. And I felt very uh, obliged, you know, like to, to really up my game as much as possible. And I was really like more motivated that you were there doing it on my own was, was cool, but it was great that you were there sort of like in the live production room. So let me just use that as an opportunity to self plug and to plug you to say, what the fuck is this? This is a song that Enzo wrote that I wasn't supposed to play on. Not that I wasn't supposed to, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have a, a, a job to do on this. And then Enzo said, hold on a second. I want you to try doing something, backup vocals, certain parts, very specific production list. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I take it to heart. So every Sunday, uh, is it Sunday? No, every Saturday is now I do my, yeah, I don't fucking know. Once on the weekends, it's usually Saturday early afternoon, I do a live Tebow tracking on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. And every time that I do that, it's either for my own originals or collaborations with fucking special people like Mr. Fubar. And so he says, I want you to take a fucking chance here on this. There's backup vocal, do it. So that's what I did in the live. It worked out great. You jumped in the chat. You had some comments, mostly positive stuff. But I think the more that we do that, you're going to be a little bit more critical. Say, okay, hold on a second. Try that. Or we'll get you right in on the call and say, yeah, let's put a little fucking picture in picture of Enzo. You know what I mean? That would be fucking cool. It's all in the editing anyway. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're going to fucking take me out, put me in, whatever, slice and dice. It's like, yeah, go ahead. Just record shit. Fuck, take care of it. (laughs) Remember, remember I I think I even said it when you were doing it. It, Like sunny days that I got six different vocals. I was like, oh my God, what do I do? (laughs) And remember how 
how much we went back and forth. Okay, that doesn't work. And we're like, yeah, yeah. Well, the first mistake was me recording too many tracks. The second mistake was you asking us what we thought. <laughs> like, fuck you guys. The third solution, the best one was used like, that's it. I've decided. I'm not asking you anyone. The fuck? That's what I'm doing. And it sounded great. It sounded great. It's awesome. It's that um, uh, kitchen sink. I think that's the phrase we use all the time. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. Pull back. It's always better to have more than not enough. I'd agree. Yeah. I would agree. But dude, that was so fun. Thank you for including me on it because that's a fucking epic song. The vibe, man. Just love it so much uh, to be able to have a piece of that be given to me to try. And if you scrap everything, I don't give a fuck because I know that you're going to go through that mental headspace. Okay, yeah. You take it 10%, 90%, whatever. The final track, it's all you, brother. It's all you. You have such great fucking skills on that. You're showing off so many things, creative flex. So be sure to Google search Uncle Fubar's Garage and find out any social that fucking tickles your fancy. Go fucking follow Enzo, man, because this shit's happening. This is coming. 2022, bro. This is the year we explode. And, you know, like, we're going to hear your stuff, the final takes, because we're hearing more and more, like, in the the stuff that you're doing on your YouTube channel, which I think is great, Chronicles of Sludge, which is (laughs) awesome. And you get little fucking sneak peeks, little behind the scenes, little story bits about your inspirations to do stuff. So yeah, man, fucking here it comes. It's happening next year. It's going to be amazing. Let's get rid of this fucking holiday bullshit. Get it over with. Move yeah. on to the good stuff, right? <laughs> we get back to work. <laughs> yeah, to our real work, to our proper work. What else you want to talk about as far as anything going on at Soul Masons? You want to talk about anything? Or, uh... I'm going to plug Steve because I gave him shit the other day. Because <laughs> he did something really cool and he hasn't told us about it. Oh. You know the 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 promos that he's running on the internet radio thing, right? So yeah. he's not which songs are getting more airplay. So he's feeding the ones that get okay. more airplay. And we actually have people that like. So Steve is actually emailing them and thanking them. Yeah. Mr. Cefaloni. Right on, bro. Steve, put that in. Tell us. Tell us. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're awesome. Wow. Fucking awesome. Good on you, man. Steve Cefaloni, drummer for the Soul Masons and turning out to be promoter extraordinaire. He's taken up his share of the responsibility to heart and he's really doing a great job. So let's say go check out soulmasons.com. Uh, find out what it is that we're talking about. This is an originals band that we've had for a million years. Enzo took the reins you know, around a couple of years ago and said, come on, guys, we're going to get this stuff out there. You did the hard work. And now we're basically riding the coattails of that effort that you made. And Steve's really coming through, man. You can tell he's always been passionate about it, but he's really taking charge of his responsibility. And uh, yeah, that's fucking awesome, man. I'm really glad to hear it. Did you, what was it? Was it in our, was it in our uh, T-bar? He said he dusted the drums. He's getting. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. That's fucking great. Speaking of which, you know, the thing that I will say that is going to continue, and that's probably one of the only things that has remained constant throughout all of the fucking crazy content changes and program changes and scheduling shit is fucking T-Bar, man. Every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm so thankful for that. I get a chance to hang out with my man Enzo, two brothers, just fucking bitching and complaining about everything live on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook and Twitter. We're also live on Twitter. And we're basically stalking the socials of all of our friends, people who've been on the show, friends of the channel, supporters of our crazy shit, uh, and other heroes that we find along the way. So if you're interested in hearing more about all of the crazy world that we fucking get so inspired by, 
Come and check us out on T-Bar every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. We'd be happy to have you in the chat. What do you remember about our interview with Mr. Jared Reeves? My God, it was so long ago. But a guy like that, you can't forget. You honestly cannot forget what he's been through and force of character that he is to have gone through it and still, and still be, he has that smile, he has his perseverance, he has his character, you know, what an amazing human being, honestly. Honestly. I would agree. I would agree. And you and him both have a lot in common. There were so many great things you guys were able to share with one another about your own experiences, uh, raising autistic children, uh, dealing with incredible what seems like unsurmountable challenges in the moment, but you both were talking very, very emotionally about fucking head down, get through it, get through it. Don't stop. You have no choice to fucking go through, but do it and come out the other side like a fucking hero. And that's what reminds me when we do these fucking shows is that I get to talk with a hero right here every week, man. And Jared is just one of those great people that I'm so proud and thankful to have had on the show. Uh, it raises the bar of not just like the production quality or any bullshit like that. The people fucking human factor, man, is what an incredible dude. What an incredible dude, basically, right? Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, agreed. All right, so guys, this will be the last episode of 2021. Let's get this fucking year out the door. And then next year, we're looking forward to all kinds of crazy new shit. The format of Tebow Vision is going to change a little bit. we got some crazy ideas Enzo and I have been cooking up. <laughs> so we look forward to showing that off for you guys. And in the meantime, happy fucking holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you, Enzo, to toute la familia, and all of our fucking family online watching Tebow Vision all of this time. Appreciate you so much. Health and happiness and safety. And check out this episode with Mr. Jared Reeves. Be well. Mr. Jared Reeves, how you doing, sir? Hi, doing great. Can you hear me okay? Am I too loud? No, I hear you fine. And your volume is ace, right on, man. I love the background, man, the games. I was hoping we'd see some of the the stuff in the background. That's great, man. That's great. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the show, man. I really appreciate that. It's an honor to have you on the show, bro. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I've got my little lapel mic and uh, the little Rode uh, wireless mic system that I just plugged into the laptop. That's what I use um, to record all my stuff. Sounds good, man. You get it. You're a content creator. You're doing this every week. You're working hard. So you know how, how it all goes. Yeah. We have some guests minutes, like testing the audio sound and stuff. And yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Totally. No, it's great, man. It sounds good. And, uh, we're really happy to have you on the show. Enzo's going to be here in a couple of minutes. He's, he's running a little bit late, but he'll be here shortly. No, this is great. I, I love uh, when we get the chance to talk with people who do content who get it they're on youtube you're doing this all the time so you know some people um just appreciate that it's a yeah there you go you get the green screen the light i got the exact same ones man that's hilarious they got the two diffusers and the the umbrellas that came with it i can't remember what but uh you have those oh no i don't have that you the little the little round yeah they're like little clamps Oh yeah. And I, you know what I got these, uh, I, I can't, my camera's kind of permanently etched in there, but those are awesome. I have these, I can't take one down to show you, but it's kind of like mini LEDs and you can put the, like the colored filters inside, you know, like the little yellow, orange, red, blue, and all that kind of crap. So 
Ah, whatever. I keep telling Enzo, I look better in the dark. Like that's the best because the less light the that I have in my shot, the less people have to see me. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? So if I if I sit back, you can see my shirt. Yeah, there you go. Right on. What a blast, man. I was I was telling Enzo, and and I'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you. Uh I have you know nothing to gain from uh from blowing smoke or or fudging the truth. When I told Enzo um we were gonna start doing this podcast, he says, Tell me the least amount as possible for every guest. Cause I want to be the guy that just cuts to the next question, you know, and shuts Tebow up when he's talking too much, which I appreciate. That's why he's a good friend of mine. We've known each other for 30 years. And I told him, I said, this guy, Jared, you gotta, you're going to love this. This is going to be an amazing interview. And he says, what's he, what's he do? I sent him the link Instagram. He goes, no word of a lie. The first words within 15 seconds, he goes, this is going to be so fun. That's exactly what he said. That's awesome. And it brings me back to when you had, because uh, it's hard to sort of read into emails and texts. There's no emotion there. Nobody knows what's going on with that. And right. so I kind of got the impression, wondering, like, well, why do you want to interview me? And it's because, well, we freaking can't wait to hear your story, man. Enzo, how you doing? Are you evening, burning? I'm evening. talking about you, man. I'm talking about you. Hi. Always. So Jared, be my pal Enzo. Enzo, meet our new friend Jared, Jared from Raleigh, North Carolina. Is that correct? Yeah, I. Uh, well, that's the closest big city. So gotcha. Understood. I'm not trying I've, to geolocate you there, but been, just around. I've been to the Poconos. That's as close as I've gotten. I think. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. And y'all are up in what Quebec or what parts? We're in Montreal. Montreal. Yeah, uh, in uh it's an around an hour away from the capital of ottawa which no one ever goes to unless you have to <laughs> just tell them it's an hour and a half away from plattsburgh for fuck's sake that's there you go that's it the capital of our country is literally uh, less important you know <laughs> destination wise listen listen as a teenager i used to go to plattsburgh i used to take off with the car my sister's car a couple of high yeah. school friends go yeah. to pizza hut because we didn't have pizza hut in canada it's true yeah. Yeah, so the, 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 the U.S. Custom guard, Border Guards say, you're from Montreal and you're coming here? What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> and for in, in that era, that age that you're talking about ends, you guys in the States had the best fucking chocolate bars. Like I would go down oh. like around uh, Lake Champlain. Well, you know, Hershey, Pennsylvania, that's pretty close to you guys, right? There you <laughs> go. There you go. Yep, true story. <clears throat> I remember, you, you know, you know what they had that we didn't have? It was the 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 almond Mars bar. Oh yeah, that that's true. was yeah. that was the one thing. It was like <gasps> that's we'd fucking buy like true. Fifty of them and freeze them and eat them frozen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't eat anything with nuts, so I have to miss out on that. I'm allergic to the tree nuts. But yeah, peanut butter, avoid. peanuts, those are fine. So Reese's yeah. is my jam. There you go. That's the best. Stuff. Fucking right. I, 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 we, we screw you over up here because we get three. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we get three in the pack. My girls yeah. will go bananas over that. They always want to go to the to the big houses down at the other end of town and say they get the big chocolate bars and the three pack of Reese's. And I'm like, yeah, right. we're going straight there, man. Straight we got there. Four packs here. Oh, oh, yeah, that's the big, big one, right? Yeah. There you yeah. go. The Costco size. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, we get it at the gas station. Are you kidding me? Yeah, nice. yeah, the big yeah, it's a, yeah. There's there's two, there's three, and there's four, and there's the double right. ones now. And call it the king size. I, I I'm a di- I'm I'm a diabetic because of Reese's Pieces. I, I'm convinced. <laughs> Ever since ET. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's your it's your kryptonite, eh, guys? I get it. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I totally that stuff is amazing. That. 
Oh, How many of those can stuff. we steal from our kids' bags on Halloween? Now? That's basically what it comes down to. <laughs> They're getting caught, right? Because then they freaking lose it. They love it. Like, you guys uh, talk about video games too, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I've I slowly a, let that creep back into my content uh, after taking a sabbatical from it, but absolutely, man. We're very passionate I have a short, games. quick story about uh, Dark Souls, if you guys ever played that. Uh, I don't know if Enzo has. Have you ever tried no. Dark Souls, bro? I haven't played I've it. I've heard of it, but no. It's yeah. pretty hardcore, um, you know, like difficult to play, but once you master it, like it's just very rewarding every time you like defeat these bosses and all that right, stuff. Right, right, right. And, um, but anyway, there's a lot of rings that you can get in the game that affect your stats, right? Like your regular type of thing. Gotcha. Uh, the, one of the most popular is called the Ring of Favor and Protection, also known online as the FAP Ring. And uh, <laughs> it basically gives you plus uh, more health and more stamina. Um, but if you ever take it off in the game, it breaks. Oh, really? Okay. But it's okay. very iconic for the game. And two years ago, I lost my wedding ring and we moved. And I was like, I, it must have gotten lost in the move. I don't know. And she's. <laughs> oh, wow. So I, um, I was like, I, mean, I want to replace it, you know, with another ring just to make sure that girls out there know that I'm taken, right? Mm-hmm. And so I ordered <laughs> online the fap ring made with like real sterling cool wow cool good stuff brother right on man so that's my wedding ring now is my dark souls ring (laughs) (laughs) you don't mess man you don't mess that's awesome that's very classic yeah yeah good on you i mean i I used to play a lot of ps3 and 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 now we got a ps4 but now my boys my youngest is 12 and he literally just drags my ass on all of it, he kicks the yeah. snot out of me. So I just like, before I break another controller, I just don't play anymore. <laughs> yeah. Done. Well, now I'm Done. pretty much only doing board games. Uh, I just don't have the time to also do video games. <laughs> but you get you got to pick your battles, literally, right? You have to make sure that you spend the time, and especially with the kind of content that you're doing, Jared, it's really interesting to, to see how that, I mean, albeit in a brief synopsis, which is why we wanted to talk to you, so you could give us the full-blown version, but to get an idea of, you know, how that became your, your, like your mainstay. And it's really, it's, it's intriguing. All right. And uh, we, we just wanted to find out more. We couldn't resist the temptation to call you up and get you on the show, man. We're excited to have you on. Thank you for talking about it and, uh, you know, share my, my love of board gaming with everybody and hopefully grow the hobby because it's such a great uh, community. It's so fun. I mean, when you, when you get a good game going, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember those days, man, you know, like, I mean, Enzo and I, we, we, we got together for a few gaming sessions as younger men. And uh, we always look back at those moments. Like it's, it's like our glory days for, for, for just hanging out, drinking beers and hanging out with buddies and the stupid stories that we tell. And, but we remember those moments It gave us a reason to hang out and be together. So we're going to sort of take a deep dive with you, Jared, because I consider you to be our resident professional in that regard. So we're going to get some insight into that, but we want to start at the beginning though, bro. We got to, we got to go back, man. Got to start from the, from the very beginning, the creation myth of Jared. I would like to get your take on the young version of you, man, mini Jared. What was <laughs> life like growing up for you, man? Tell us way before the games and all that even started. Yeah. What are your what are your highest and lowest memories of of growing up as a young man? Um, yeah, so I'm 35 now. I just turned 35 this month, so there's there's some years to discuss, I guess. But some highlights are: I was born in Plano, Texas, um, and lived there with my family and my older sister. Uh, who's two years older than me and one day. Um, <laughs> right. So our birthdays are like back to back like that. That's all. Everybody. That's fun. That's yeah. fun. I mean, 
you could get into a fist fight, but it's also <laughs> well, you know, they tended to try to combine birthday parties, which isn't as fun. Um, right, but at least right. it wasn't as close to December, so that we definitely didn't have to mix birthday and Christmas gifts. Yeah, right? yeah. I got that. But I, I'm I'm two weeks away, so it's like I still get something. Birthday's <laughs> coming up then. Yeah. yeah. Couple awesome. of weeks, couple of weeks, but it's finally fun it's finally twenty six. It's finally twenty six. Good on you, pal. Cool. Dog um, years. Yeah, yeah I, mean, <clears throat> I went to church all the time with my family, kind of grown up in that environment, and then like like Pentecostal churches for the most part, and non denominational, you know, for whatever that means. Right. And then um, my dad's job took us to uh, North Carolina, where we lived in Cary, and I had two different high schools. Um, one, firstly, like the first two years of high school, they put me in uh, this very small, like preparatory college prep school, right? Like private. And gotcha. I was very angry because I had been in a public school in middle school and I had a band that I started. Um, I actually bought my first drum set at age 13. Nice. Just tried to start a band with my friends because I wrote lyrics to a song based on a breakup that happened in eighth grade. And so that was like my initial motivation of like buying a kit and just like trying to get a band, but no one in my friends group, like actually knew how to play. We all just literally bought our instruments. Right. So right. I think in the first band practice, we like ended up wrestling and then like throwing stuff <laughs> and we ate snacks and then we never met again. <laughs> the best start of a band you know uh, uh, creation ever <laughs> yeah welcome but, to uh, music yeah right. after that i found um True. two other guys at my middle school who like already knew how to play guitar and bass to some extent i mean not right. they're not like experts but they like it's like play something and they can play something you know gotcha which was more than what we had she's like i know a and c and a d and it's like oh boy this is gonna be rough what you the know, fuck's wrong? That's what I know after 30 years. What? That's half that's what? half the stuff you hear on the radio right now today. Man. Right. right now today. Like, we're not going to be able to play that much if that's all we know. Um, <laughs> so that totally went away. And I found these two friends, um, Matt and Ryan, and we decided to join up and try to make a punk band. Cool. And that was working out really well. We played pretty much every day after school. Um, and I was always hauling my kit which was uh -huh. not fun, but you know, those are the days. Um, yeah. The drummers, you know, the drummers pain, man. Of course it always uh, starts out with covering Nirvana and Pixies and stuff like that. And then I you was start gonna ask what were the influences. Yeah. 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 So those are in Fugazi minor threat. Those are also really big influences. Cool. Um, and so play drums, just self-taught just because playing every day with my buddies. And because of that, like, the three of us, like even to this day, I haven't seen him in like 15, 20 years, but even to this day, if we got together, we can vibe musically off each other because we, we learn to play together as a group. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, and that, that's an unforgettable moment too. You know, like, I mean, you never forget your first anything, but seriously, when you get mm -hmm. that chance to speak the language of music yeah. with a, with an unlikely group of, of friends or not, and you're like, there's always that connection. There's always that connection. You don't have to explain it to each other, which is a beautiful thing. That's yeah. great, um, and, uh, but so going into high school, I was set to go to the public school that was like near my neighborhood. I went to open house. I met my teachers. I knew which classes I was going to the first day. And then Monday rolls around for the first day. And my parents are like, we're not going. 
And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? It's like, well, we've been looking at this private school for your sister, you know, because we think, you know, the smaller class size would help her. And it's right. actually really nice. And since, you know, it's great for college <laughs> stuff, you know, and, you know, you'd get a lot Oops. out of it. We're going to take you there um, for like meet and greet kind of like almost like an open house to like meet with the VP and just tour the school. And I'm like yeah. pissed off because I'm like. I'm, I'm tardy for class. I'm supposed to be in first period, you know, like what's going on. Um, and so I was angry, um, because I wanted to be at the public school where my band was. I didn't know anybody in this other one and it was in Raleigh, which was like 30 minutes, um, or more depending on traffic. Right. Um, and so I ended up having to go to this school, but I basically was pissed off for the whole time I was there. And I knew I agreed that it was going to be better, like education wise, but I was angry because I didn't know anybody and my band and I are separated now. Um, so I was an outcast in high school by choice because I was like, I'm not here to make friends. I don't care about any of y'all. I have a band, you know, and I'm not here to, to socialize. Like I'm just here to learn and then go home and play music. <laughs> like that's how I treated everything. So Rebel was, with the cars, man. Rebel with the cars. Private school, and there was about 200 people in the whole school. Um, my class size, like my graduating class, would be 42. Oh, wow. Okay. So in that size of a school, you can't really become unknown. <laughs> <laughs> you can't disappear in the crowd, right? You cannot disappear. Everybody knows who you are, and they know you're new. And, of course, people want to get to know you, and I didn't want to get to know them. Right. And somehow that made me popular. Um, I don't know the the mystique of the quiet guy with the spiky hair, you know, the loner. Yeah. The loner. There you yeah. go, man. There you go. But what it did was it allowed me to like, I went to a, the, one of the art classes. I, I should back up. I met my wife in my art class and she was a senior and I was a freshman. Okay. Um, I wasn't supposed to be in her art class, but my sister and I ended up being in the same math class together because she was like, you know, one step down from math and I was one step up from math. And right. so we ended up being in the same class and she complained. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no seriously. kidding. Wow. Oh, Jesus. And so the school was like, all right, well, we're going to keep her there and we'll rearrange Jared's schedule. Holy crap, man. So, so like, yeah, not all only right. Math, but my elective. From you got moved around a lot. Internally yeah. and externally. Okay. Yeah. So now I was taking like geometry and also I'm in the senior art class. Okay. Mm. So I was the only friend in the senior art class. And that is where I met my future wife, um, which is awesome. <laughs> well, no kidding. And it's just interesting that I don't know if interesting is the right word, but harboring this, this frustration for, for valid reasons. I mean, you're a young man and you're getting <laughs> thrown around to things that you don't necessarily would have chosen on your own. Let's just say. Plus and I was you meet more your into like rock and anarchy and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, yeah of course. A little bit to this day, if I don't too, mind, right? I don't mind saying, you know? which is cool. Yeah. There you go, man. That's it. <laughs> but that's interesting. The way that life works out, that chaos yeah. that brought you to meeting your future wife. So the very first student that I talked to at the school was her brother. <laughs> he was part of like what they call gold key where like they're this team of students that welcome new students to the school. Oh, okay. Sure. And they like show you around your classes the first couple days and they're your, their friend before you make friends kind of thing. 
Got it. Got yeah, it. Um, sort of like a shadow, or well, not yeah. a shadow, but just like you know, it's like uh, he's going to be your partner for the first week yeah. and help you kind of meet everybody and make sure you don't get beat up or some other nonsense. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. So he he that was her brother, and he is uh, the same age as me, but I'm older by one day. There you go. <laughs> so in November, it's my sister, me, and my my uh, brother-in-law. <laughs> That's amazing. Back to That's back amazing. To it can make for some very cool parties if you're, uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if it's on a weekend or a Friday night, you just, you know, you never know what's going to yeah. happen. But after That's interesting. There, I went to that public school where my band was, um, which I enjoyed a lot. And we played a ton of shows for three or four years. We had two albums that we recorded on our own. Uh, right on. Cool. Are those available online anywhere? Uh, I did upload our first album to Spotify, you know, so there's, <laughs> there's that. All right. Well, we're I'm going to ask you We're going to link it. No and if you're willing, then we'd be happy to pop it in the description. Sounds, so be sure to check it, it out. It's like thrash punk because of the, the, the quality is very like, we recorded it in our bassist's uh, attic, like, and that was like his room, right? So it was like a mm -hmm. kind of a finished attic. And we recorded everything simultaneously into one mixer. And, so it's a live off the floor. That's cool, man. Sometimes yeah, that's really then, awesome. We yeah. ran the line from or the out from that mixer downstairs to the computer that his mom had. And we Very hit cool. record on Microsoft <laughs> Record. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know that that like it's like however old it is, but it's just like one little window and all it did is like pause, yep. play, and record. <laughs> That's, that's fuck. Why not, man? The very Dude. first digital recording, man. The first, well, that's the first what we did. <laughs> um, so it definitely sounds raw, but that's cool. It's also meant to be that way in a way because it is punk, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but the circumstances around it are, are, are what are really cool. It's, it's not yeah. so much about getting that infinite quality. I mean, Enzo has just recently sort of sparked all of our interests in the recent uh, Beatles uh, documentary, right? Uh, and, and uh, you know, we, we all can't wait to, to, to check it out. We're chomping at the bit. And it just makes us remember, man, like, you know, they were fucking around with this, the, the original versions of four track long before any of these fancy things were happening, man. And they made magic. They made absolutely yeah, exactly. Magic, you know, so you, what you you're doing really there need is 160 fucking tracks. You no. don't need, yeah, you truly don't, you know, 14 compressor units and reverb units. And, and Jared Enzo has been reminding me and all of us cumulatively of that for years and it's because of his dedication to that ideal that we actually are where we are today as musicians that we're yeah. we're a cumulative group of just a fucking bunch of bimbo musicians you mean and, broke and unknown yeah, yeah. but we're proud of it <laughs> just right like we're proud of it <laughs> it's all the, on me baby but that music awesome. it really means something to us and instead of yeah. dismissing it as just yeah or as bullshit it's fucking important. And yeah. Enzo's always been sort of like a, holding that torch. I mean, it's, so it's we hear passion, what you're saying, that's, man. that's important. And music is so easy to be passionate about because, yeah. I mean, music is great, first of all, but participating in it, contributing it to it, playing off of people, and then yeah. playing in front of people. Like, they're all really awesome dynamics to be a part of that yeah. uh, I've enjoyed, you know, with being in that band. Um, I've had bands after that as well, um, but I think I have a very strong memories and feelings about that one. Jared, you're an interesting fellow, man. You've got some soul going. And I read between those lines immediately, just seeing a couple of your of your posts and just sort of gleaning a little bit. Didn't have to scratch the surface very much to sort of think there's something about this guy. I want to know more. I want him on this show. And Enzo agreed right away. That's what I was alluding to at the start where Enzo said, cool. this is going to be fun. This is going to be, and you know, in the respectful sense of let's get this guy on, let's talk. And so 
Now I want to switch gears a little bit. I want you to tell me about you've met your future wife and little do you know that you guys are about to embark on a crazy journey, a crazy journey. So tell us how that started, that very first journey into parenthood and learning the responsibility of raising an autistic child. Wow. Yeah. Well, there's a lot that happened before then. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know how much you want to hear about our trip to China or uh, dealing with our first miscarried child uh, before we fire away, man, whatever you feel comfortable telling, because there's only so much we can glean into the socials and albeit the about pages of any website never include the things that really formulate us as humans. Right. So yeah, absolutely. This shows about you, man. So you tell us about that. Tell us about that. So funny enough, when we started dating, um, I had already, I was actually dating her friend first back in (laughs) high school. No, and there, this is a, this is a story. You're, you're, you're a fucking badass, man. You're a badass. <laughs> I was like 14, 15, You know, they were seniors. All right. Um, so. That's a notch, Derek. Please don't come after me. The fucking PC police. <laughs> Fuck off. It's a, still a notch. Anyway, go yeah. on. It's a notch, man. It's a notch. so so they they were friends, right? And they for that whole art class and then rhetoric class after that in the second semester. Um, they treated me as their pet freshman, right? And that's what they called me. And it was like very flirtatious and very confusing for someone my age who was like, are they, do they like, like me? Like, what is going on? Do they just like me or do they really like? So after months of this, like finding notes in my locker and like all this kind of nonsense, right? Flirtatious (laughs) stuff about being a pet freshman. I approached uh, Bethany, my future wife, and I was like, straight up, is any of this serious? Is this real? Like, you know, do you actually like me? And she's like, uh, no, 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 no. I'm just playing, <laughs> you know? So she was freaked out. Cause I like, I guess no one's been that direct to her before. You uh, called yeah. her out, man. You fucking called yeah, her out. Yeah. And she's like, this but, fucking uh, program here. What's going on? Maybe Anna is, you should ask her. Right. <laughs> so I did. And she said, yes. And I was like, well, then do you want to know they were talking like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? They They weren't really not fucking hell. She and I dated for three months and nobody knew about it. No shit. And I mean, nobody, because at that school, the seniors get to take a class trip to Europe for like several weeks. Okay. And so like pretty much as soon as we started dating, like everyone in our art class left. (laughs) <laughs> so it was just the two of us. Wow, man. That's and we hilarious. kept it hush hush throughout the school year. And then right into summer and, and I was still hanging out with Bethany and some of our other senior friends. And she was driving me home because I didn't have a car. <clears throat> she was driving me home from a time we were all hanging out at her place and uh, things were like heating up, you know, and uh, I was like scratching her hair while she was driving. And then like we parked. And then like, it was that moment, you know? And so I reached, like we pulled together and and we kissed and I was like, Oh, this is great. And then like two minutes later, as I'm walking into my door in the house, I'm like, Oh crap, I'm dating Anna. (laughs) I'm in shit trouble right now. Like, Oh my God. So I went on instant messenger AIM and I started messaging her and I was like, Hey, that was a mistake. We shouldn't have done that. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know what happened. That kind of thing. And she's like, yeah, I know I get it. It's fine. And then another 10 minutes later, I get messages from both of them because she immediately then tells Anna. It's a comedy of errors, man. Super <laughs> angry. Yeah. And they're like, we got played by a freshman, you know, that ah, kind of. Well. And I was like, oh, I, I 
didn't mean to, but damn. <laughs> so Oops. water yeah. under the bridge now, right? But looking back, it's oh, yeah. kind of fun to look at those glory day moments, right? And say, all right, but it's okay. Anyway, the thing with what Anna Brokoff, now she's not friends with either of us, of course. Oh, wow. right. um, and, uh, and actually, Bethany lost a few friendships over that. And yeah. now uh, we've been married. Um, Listen. It's high school, yeah. kids. Yeah, it's exactly. normal. Exactly. I mean, We've been married you know. 13 years, and we dated six years because, again, starting dating at freshman in high school, like, yeah, yeah, six years of dating. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time, we're we're long distance. She's in in college, and I'm yeah. in high school, and then she's driving back and forth, you know, to hang out with me or to take me to college. That's cool. That, that sounds like cool. love to me, man. Yeah, sounds so like that, love to me. Awesome. I was hanging out at college parties and stuff uh that was fun <laughs> good on you pal good on you yeah right on fun. but um so what, what's china how does china yeah, fall into how did that what's that about so she and i um like so we're christians and i went to a missions thing during high school it was like a six-week trip to china and then during that trip uh, i prayed and felt that god had told me to like go back at a more like long-term type of thing and she and I were dating pretty heavily and was like looking at marriage soon. And so I told her, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to go. And I don't know how long that is, but I'm pretty sure you're supposed to come with me. And so she was like, oh, all right, sure. We'll pray about it. You know, see how you feel, you know, because you just got back. You know, that's everyone has the hive coming back from a trip like that. Right. Um, two years later, <laughs> we do go. And um, we fundraised money to get there, um, but we lived in the southern province of Guangxi in China for okay. six months. And um, it was through, um, it was like a marketing and like culture exchange type of thing. And uh, we worked at this like American run coffee house that is sort of intended to be a culture exchange and we're uh, locals can come and meet and greet with foreigners, especially Americans and, right. you know, exchange various things. Like, so every, uh, night of the weekend, they had different, um, different programs scheduled, whether it's like music night, like open mic or uh, presentation on some part of American culture. Or okay. That's kind of fun. Actually, Chinese that's an interesting culture. initiative. I wasn't aware of that. That's cool. Yeah. So we, we did that. Um, and then for me, it was like kind of like a mar marketing internship too, um, because I helped like redesign their coffee house, new logo, new interiors, uh, new menus. And then we advertised, you know, to the, the nearby schools and all that kind of stuff. Right um, awesome. Really awesome. fun, really great memories. And it's a hell really of an experience. Great. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> and I got to practice my Mandarin that I learned in school. So that was yeah. fun. That's freaking um, great, man. That experience wow. alone. That's and, so and just cool. Two of us living out there alone and we had our own like apartment and everything, which was really cool, but they didn't have elevators because in the city, if you had a building that was, I think seven or more than seven stories, you had to have an elevator. So okay. it can't cost every business owner who built a building is seven floors tall. <laughs> Maximum seven. No elevators in that no city. I think here it's, it's very, four very floors. Small. I think here it's four. Is it? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't yeah. remember, but so <laughs> we were on the sixth floor. <laughs> no. I'm talking carrying <laughs> groceries and all that stuff every day, whatever. It's right. you know, you, you get a workout. And it was hot as balls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the summer, it was like 110. Right. Good workout, man. Humid. Good workout. I mean, it's <sighs> the same latitude as uh, like Cuba. 
right? Right. Yeah. So no, very warm. Very warm right. indeed. Really. And an really? opportunity to really get a chance that. to know each other, right? I mean, in the yes. heat and all of that interesting cultural exchange other, going on. Yeah, to survive and to like get places and yeah. like getting a taxi and try to explain where we're going. And um, it was amazing. Really I, I can't imagine a more life experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely so our relationship even stronger. Um, kidding. Before we got, well, no, we had gotten married like the year before. So we had just pretty much gotten married. So right. it's a good first, you know, it's amazing. <laughs> and then Seriously. we get a dog when we get back and then we start trying for kids. Um, and so our first um, pregnancy ended up in a miscarriage and that hit me harder than anything I've ever had in my life. Um, and I was angry at God and I was just, mm -hmm. you know, struggling with everything. Right. Um, but a few months later, I'm trying to, you know, just deal with all that. Cause we had told family and friends and it's like, yeah, everybody of knew. yeah of and then like, we find out just a couple weeks after that and it's like devastating, but we didn't give up. We had another child. Um, and she, she was born. Her name is Catherine. She had, um, ingested meconium in her lungs when she was born, which means like, a baby's first poop in the womb. Yeah. And so oh, okay. it, it went in her, her, her lungs and right. it caused her to basically need to be in the ICU or the, the NICU, the NICU for about 10 days. Um, that was tough. And we were like, what is going on? You know? Um, so we learn over the years that she has autism through a lot of testing and just kind of, um, seeing about her behavior. My wife had actually done a lot with, uh, uh, teaching assisting in like first and second grade. So she's been around okay. a lot of kids and used to seeing, you know, what normal looks like as far as neurotypical brains and, and functions. And right. she's like, I think something's going on with Catherine. And so we've had her tested, we've had therapies and all this kind of stuff. She is currently eight years old and, you know, definitely struggles with a lot of things socially. Um, she's still considered high functioning, you know, as the spectrum goes. Um, but you know, I, I just don't know at this point if I can imagine her being self-sufficient just from all the things that she's not able Listen, to do. She can talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she gets across, so she can get across her feelings and her emotions and stuff. That's yeah. Huge. But a that's, lot of times a when deal. she gets overwhelmed or frustrated, she'll react strongly with either screaming tantrums and fits mm -hmm. that she cannot control herself or she'll mm -hmm. throw things and hit people and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's that's normal. I mean, yeah. as they get older, things change. The brain does develop to a certain, you know. Yeah. But my my boy is sixteen. He's complete. Well, not completely nonverbal, but he is low functioning. And the worst years were probably from like uh, nine, ten to about fourteen. Yeah. Those those are that's a struggle with us. But you know, again. Like you said, neurotypical. I mean, these kids are also all painted with a paintbrush, right? You know, they're all the same. They're not. Yeah. Every yeah. one of them is different. So yeah. buckle down, you'll get through it. You know, I think you guys are pretty good parents. Just do what you got to do. And, and you see, yeah. you can't let that fear of the future paralyze you and what you got to do today. So you That's just so keep going. So in fact, so we're, we're trying to get her, um, you know, uh, services and, and therapies and, and yeah. professionals to, to, to work with her and even the school system getting an IEP in place. But right. at, at the, at that time, a couple of years ago, we were living in a smaller County and that County That's has like services. nothing. And no, as far as the school not. system, 
they right. were like, I don't want to do anything. Like the <laughs> teacher for Catherine was like, I'm not going to take a class on how to teach autistic kids. Wow. And I'm like, okay, so we've maxed out what we can do while where we live. That's a fucking move. thing to hear though, man. And that just like, you know, it adds so much animosity to your plate because yeah. you, you can't help but think like, what the hell, man? I, so I have no choice to why, be a fucking great parent. You can't do a little bit to be a fucking, <laughs> thank you very much. And so yeah, what did I'll, you decide to do? We're constantly fighting with every system out there, government, school and everything. But uh, so two years ago, we're like, well, let's move. You know, let's move to uh, to Wake County, like where Raleigh is, where the money bigger. is, where the resources yeah. are, where right. they're better able and, to. And I don't know how it is com- like comparable to here, but it doesn't make a difference. They still don't get enough. Special they needs don't. do not get enough resources. They don't, but at least we had something. And yes, it's better than nothing, of course. I did yeah, the same thing as you. We moved. When he was diagnosed, our lives completely out of the big city, outside, left everybody we know. Yeah. This found the school for him that worked. Yeah. <laughs> worked. I get whatever. that. I get that. <laughs> My but, wife yeah. compared like the amount of improvements from the school system and the resources from the, that small county to Wake was like going from Burger King to Ruth Chris Steakhouse. <laughs> like it's just a whole different world of it is. you know accepting and, 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 but also help like trying to help us um so we we literally moved for our kids to have a better like life and mm-hmm. education um so that's that's Catherine's story she's eight now we also had a child uh at well, just if, if you don't mind, I'm just going to pause you there, Jared, because I do want to just interject with one quick anecdote here. And, and I'm, I'm obviously surrounded by two incredible superheroes here. And uh, so while we can talk about and we will talk about the things that come afterwards, uh, the, the things that keep us inspired, keep us motivated, because when Enzo uh, rekindled uh, our friendship, and uh, it was Enzo that took the reins on that. And he said, you know what, I'm going to catch up for lost time and we're going to reconnect as friends. And uh, as uh, soul brothers, you know, partners in crime and the music business, but more than that. And Enzo to me is a sign of someone who has overcome so much, gone through the storm and come out the other side, a better man. And there's, there's no, there's no mystery why we have this in common to talk about that you guys have this in common. And I'm literally on the, on the, on the sitting on the, on the sidelines, uh, watching two great men, uh, talk to each other, about something that is a a true test of everything that you are a true test and to come out on the other side of that and be okay. And to create a safe and better place for your children is inspiring to me beyond words. And so I'm motivated by that every fucking day with Enzo and to, to be able to have you share that story on our show is important for me. It's important for me because people need to hear that. It's uh, it's, it's not isolated. It happens everywhere. And we, (laughs) anything that we can do to bring attention to the need for more better, better resources and more quality resources uh, I think it's important. And that's that's one of the reasons why, but it's not the only reason why. Sure. And so before sure. we finish, this storm is not over for you. Part two comes. Part two that's comes right. like a fucking punch in the jaw. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, tell me about, I'll let you sort of introduce the, the the situation surrounding the birth of your second child. Yeah. So when we were talking about getting pregnant again and where we should, you know, go, like which hospital to use and everything, we're like, oh, 
I'm sure everything will be fine this time. You know, we've already <laughs> kind of hit the the one right. out of five or whatever odds of having a difficult, you know, birth or whatever birth story. And so we're like, well, we're in this small county. We'll just go to the one 10 minutes down the road. I mean, it should be fine. You know, I mean, we've already had a difficult thing. The next one's got to be perfect. Um, ultrasounds throughout everything. There was no sign anything was wrong. So there was no reason to think we needed to be anywhere else. Um, but our, our second uh, child, or I guess third, if you count our miscarriage, um, and actually I'll throw it, I got a tattoo for my kids that I designed. And you can see it on the camera there. This uh, ladybug is what I call Catherine. Um, and then the two hearts sewn together is Naomi. And then the wings and the halo is Angel, which is the name cool. for our miscarried baby. Sure. But in any case. Go. Good on you. So that's, that's for your fans there to, to check out. <laughs> um, so she was born with half of a heart. Um, that is shocking that, that was not working. found because usually the imaging stuff sees that, right? Right. right. It should have. I, wow. And, and, you know, looking back, I really think it's, it's like a miracle or a blessing or, or for fate that we didn't know because if yeah, she you knew, yes. that stress would have made things worse for the Yes, race. that's true. That's a good point. You know? That's a good point. Yeah. So I, I kind of look at it, look back and go, maybe that's why that happened. I don't know. Um, and so she was born. She wasn't really breathing. They weren't getting the oxygen level the right way. And they're like, I can't understand what's going on. They take her away within minutes of being yeah. born. And we're waiting in the room like, when can we see her? You know, like, what's going on? And no one was giving us any update. The nurses would come in and like, I'm sorry, the doctor has to tell you what's going on because, you know, it's not my thing. Um, it was like an hour later. They say, look, um, she has a bad heart and we did the, uh, an ultrasound of it. We, we don't know what it is, but we went ahead and live streamed our ultrasound of that heart to the UNC program, like the UNC hospital out in Chapel Hill. Um, and that tech immediately knew what needed to happen. And they're like, she's, this is serious. Get her on a helicopter, send her here now. Right. <laughs> so thank God for, you know, the modern, yeah. at least that part of technology Seriously. today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so within 10 or 12 hours of birth, she was on a helicopter and you know, my wife who did not receive an epidural was up and at them, like ready to go. <laughs> and she's like, I'm, I'm ready to check out. I'm, I, my child is an hour away. I need to go, you know? And so we did, I went home and packed like tons of suitcases. We arranged for her parents to, uh, to take Catherine, um, so that mm -hmm. we could be at the hospital for however many days, which ended up being 10 days. Um, I'm sorry. No, I'm thinking about Catherine. It ended up being that. a long, a yes, long, more long than time. that. Sorry. My second was born with uh, respiratory distress, and he was in shit ICU for two weeks, three weeks, which is so, he was three weeks premature. So right, yeah, and that you were at least there uh, for at least like six weeks, if not eight. So <laughs> the cardiologist that looked at her heart when we got to UNC, the first thing he says was. I've been looking at, you know, pediatric hearts and stuff for 25 years, and I've never seen a heart like this. It is, your baby has a unique, one-of-a-kind heart. And I was like, that's not really the kind of thing you want to have unique. <laughs> yeah. um, and he's like, basically, she has 
this one main diagnosis called HLHS, uh, hypoplastic left heart syndrome. But she also has like 20 other things going on that complicate our ability to fix that with her heart. Because if we do this, that affects this, and it's going to probably higher chance of just killing her outright. And so really, I think it took them two weeks to find, or less than two weeks, to make the decision that her best like option of survival is a transplant. Right. Um, I mean, it's tough. It's tough news to hear that. And I mean, Holy fuck, <laughs> just watching her, you know, with the oxygen in her nose and like feeding tubes in her nose and, and all sorts of IVs hooked up. And I'm nothing, like, nothing could have felt real at that moment in your life. Yeah, I'm like, like I don't understand you. why this is happening. Um, but we have to, we have to like deal with it, you know, and we got to, you just, you, 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 you buckle down and go, yeah. go just whatever, yeah. whatever happens, happens. Like, you just got to get through it. Yeah. You yeah. take it one day at a time, one moment at a time, yeah. one, you know, uh, hiccup at a time. And <laughs> we would call like every couple hours to, to talk to the nurse, you know, like right. whoever her nurse is today, put me through. Tell me what's been going on. Yeah, you get changes. very close to the whole gang when you know you're the whole in staff. ICU. You know their oh, shifts. Yeah. You know their you know their parents' yeah, yeah, names. Right. You I know mean, their kids' names. Everybody in that. You no, know, all, all the nurses I dealt with, it was like, "Hey, how's it going? How are you?" Because right, not to not to interject, but when my second was born, um, he was born with re- respiratory distress. He wasn't breathing. Yeah. So my wife, what happened with her? Was it a? It was. He wasn't coming out. He was stuck. And then she went into shock. So basically they threw me out and I didn't see or hear what happened for four hours to both of them. I go, they're both dead. Hey, what the fuck? This is, this is like an interesting night here. So then he's in ICU. She's in sort of recovery, but we, you know, and he stayed there because he wasn't breathing. So you get to know the staff, you get to, you know, understand how everything works, that they're on 12 hour shifts. So there, it's always the same one that's there. Yeah. I literally walked in on one of the nurses resuscitating him because he wasn't breathing. So like, she goes, ah, fucker, little bastard. He's in there. I'm like, let me not say anything, you know, and I'm dealing with this alone because the other one, my wife was still in shock during all this shit. Yeah. So it's like, it's insane. And you totally Ooh. like, okay, my other kids with my sister, my dog is with my parents. I know I have a house. I haven't been in it. I haven't showered in fucking two weeks. I don't know when. You just focus. You, you're yeah. there. You get, you know? Yeah. Do I still have a job? I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. You know? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. But isn't that the incredible thing? That there's so many things that you, your whole life you think are important. And all of it, all of it is fucking oh, gone. It's gone. Because oh, none, yeah. none of nothing it matters. Nothing else matters. No, the, and it was, Paul, if you remember, remember the old Royal Vic where it was? Yeah. Okay. And we were living in RDP. So it was every day I'd be bringing, because my wife stayed at the hospital when she came out and I'd be going home, going back, going back. This is like a 45 minute ride in in like serious Montreal downtown traffic. And it was insane. So it's like, you just, everything falls aside and you you, you develop a laser focus. Yeah. Yeah, you You develop this laser focus on what you need to do and you just do it. And yeah. you get through it, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's... It's like facing <laughs> something that's coming at you that you have no way to run from. 
and you just have to go through it and and everything else that you were thinking about you're not thinking about it at all anymore no exactly i mean you're you're the, the doctor didn't give you a choice and say well either you're going to do this or you're not you don't have a choice you have to do this because there is no other choice right so you 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 brace yourself for this and you you go it basically it's, yeah. it's your it's your own war it's it's your own kind yeah. of war and uh and you know the outcome thankfully is is a lot more uh yeah um so spoiler she's she's doing well how old is she <laughs> she's five now awesome um and she right is on, a spitfire it. i mean she's she's <laughs> <laughs> she's uh she's gonna change the world one day for sure how she already long, has she already how has long, how long were you on the waiting list we were on the waiting list Five months. Fuck wow. Up. So two weeks turned into a month, one month turned into two. And then at three months, we actually changed hospitals um, mm. because we were able to like have some extra time to like look into data of research of like closer or not closer, but like other local hospitals that have data oh. for pediatric heart transplants. Okay. Exactly. Like, now course. that we're in the long haul, like where do we want to actually yeah. be? Do Let's this. get to the when place where the better exactly. resources to get this happening faster. So, so the heart right transplant. Three months, we we uh, booked it to Duke, uh, Duke University okay. Hospital, and we were there for basically another three months. And the, the heart became available for her, which is a miracle in itself. I mean, half <laughs> half of babies who who need a heart transplant die on the waiting list. Of course, like, because it takes you know, so long. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> got to be close enough you know it's got to be the right blood type it's got to be yeah. uh you know you size. go you know and it, we we say go light a candle go light like the whole fucking <laughs> and and there's a list and you're not first on the list yeah exactly so but it was a miracle um getting that call uh, you know that that and so that whole time of just waiting was like i i developed ptsd i mean every time the phone rang you know, it's freaking like, but was well, she home? Was she it, home or was she in the hospital the whole time? She was in the hospital. She was in the hospital the whole five months of waiting. Wow. Yeah. Man. So basically because half of her heart wasn't working, um, the side, the right side that pumps blood to your body wasn't, wasn't the part where the left side was working, which pumps it to your lungs. Right. And so, okay. So, so in order to keep uh, a certain valve open, um, to allow flow to her body, they, they have to give her a constant feed of this medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, because apparently, and I learned all this, but apparently mm -hmm. when you're born, you know, you have this valve that's also, that's open, but after a few hours or a day or so, like it closes and your heart begins doing its own thing. It's thing. Takes yeah. over. It's supposed to. Isn't it, isn't it nice to tell yourself, wait, God, I wish I would have stayed fucking dumb and ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> you know that you didn't have to learn about all these things because that's yeah. what i tell myself every day i wish i was dumb and happy you know it's stupid we had to learn a lot and basically yeah, become yeah. like nurses you know, oh yeah it's yeah, basically yeah, yeah. like hard knocks of nursing school living it um but you know it's amazing amazing you did it yeah she did, did it. it you know fucking hell you guys man amazing amazing yeah <laughs> i remember the day she got it and um the first day that she well so she came back i saw her rolling down the hallway and her feet were kicking and i could see her skin color was like more pink it wasn't pale mm. like she looked because yeah, then there's that whole time period of whether it accepts or not right the the, the what the body will accept the yeah, yeah. it'll reject the yeah. the yeah so that's why she was in the hospital for one more month 
right? As they mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. whatever medicines and then us trained on how we would actually yeah. take care of her at home. <laughs> Until, and so that's yes, a whole process. Um, yeah. So for the first two and a half years, I think, um, she had a G-tube in her stomach. Right. And essentially that means it's like a button that you can open and close and it goes, it gives access to feeding her, right, directly. So she lost any... Um, uh, you know, like any any instincts a baby would have to eat. Okay, right. And this was done. Why? Sorry. Why was that done? Why wasn't she allowed to like eat? She like, she, she had so many tubes uh, oh, and still, everything okay, and okay. IV throughout her time. Mm-hmm. Like she she couldn't eat. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, all she's ever had was a uh, a tube in her nose that fed her. So when she left, she still didn't know how to eat, but they put a tube in her stomach um, yeah, so you could, with a little mm-hmm. button. And so we, we were trained on how to use the machine and like fill the thing. And you had the little, the, uh, what do you call that? It's like an IV stand. You know, we had to get one yeah. of those for the house right, and right. use the pump. And we fed her like five or six times a day, you know, with the pump. And it ran for like half an hour each time. Jared, Damn. this whole story is just so incredible. And there's there's maybe some people out there, okay, some, because I, I don't imagine there are many, but there are probably some who listen to this, watch this and say, oh, yeah, well, hold on a second now. Here's my story. It's fucking crazier because of this and that, whatever. But that is rare. And that is rare. And so I mean, everybody what I say, has a story. I'm surrounded everybody by two heroes does. here. And uh, right now, I just want to focus on the fact that what I was trying to allude to before is that the storm that you were about to go into, you had no idea that it was going to hit and the way that it would hit mm-hmm. and how much of a toll it would take on you. Yeah. Uh, and yet at the same time, I want to focus now for the rest of this interview with you on the fact that you made it through the storm, the whole yeah. family, and you're there. You've overcome so many things that you never knew you would have to fucking overcome and uh, with flying colors. And so here we are now today talking to a a completely different guy. Uh, The whole family (laughs) is different, but this shows about you, man. And uh, Enzo can totally relate. That's that's so important because you it's you're not talking to a couple of ignorant people. I know what I know by proxy, by osmosis from what Enzo has shared. Yeah, Um, I do appreciate that we have that connection and understanding. It's it's important. It's important. Whether we can understand it, we can empathize. You know, understand special. Well, that's it. That's the key. I mean, no, everybody is different. Even listen. It, it, I, I don't like to use the, oh, you know, well, my situation is worse or my, or this, but it's your kid. Yeah. If you're fucking normal, it affects you, whether it's a cut on the finger or whether it's whatever. Yes, the yeah. situations are more serious, but how can you not have that? You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. the normal. That's why I always tell them, I go, listen, yeah, my, my life, my life is fucked up. It's complicated, but it's no different than, somebody else going through something else. Absolutely. That's all it is. But you know, you, you, you find a way. I mean, sometimes you, you, you know, like Paul said, you know, uh, what was it? He said, well, what did you say? You know, you were heroes or this and that. I I say a lot of crazy shit. (laughs) Do I look fucking normal to you? I'm not fucking normal anymore. Enzo, Enzo, you look better 
today than the fucking day I met you, brother. And I don't know you, Jared, from way back then. So I have no comparison, but there's probably pictures on Instagram we could do. We'll do a compare. We'll say before and after. I don't know. But it's the soul you got to measure, man. Not the wrinkles. It's the soul you got to measure. I just, it's fucking miles. like I've lived way past my years and I'm only 35. There you go. Like, like I say, the white hair, this is my fucking badge of honor. Fuck <laughs> you, you know, I, I've earned quite a few of those recently with, with a yeah. lot of, lot yeah. of yeah, that's what it is. I mean, well, let's, but, let's know. plow through into this fun stuff here because yeah. that's where I really was yeah. looking forward to this story to go with, without avoiding the truth. We've got no, to tell I mean, the truth. This, we got to share is, that. Yeah. And now we get to the fun stuff now, because it's important to realize, and by fun stuff, I don't mean the games behind you and necessarily what you're doing current day. <laughs> Want that backstory so people can really appreciate what this is all about, what you're doing today, Jared. Here's the next question that I have for you. Tell me about some of the fondest family victories, okay? And this is Mm. so much more poignant for a family like yours. It's not just about, oh, we went on a trip to Florida. You know, we we, we climbed the tree. Fucking saved a couple of lives, brother. Okay? So tell me about some of your fondest family victories and memories, Leading yeah. up into and before 2018. So we can just have some some focus here on where that next part of the question is going to go. Tell us about okay. some of your, your biggest milestones, man, your biggest family victories. Well, I mean, I think the first big joyful memory, other than the day she actually got her heart transplant, other than that, was the first day that she went outside. Um, and watching her emotions and her face light up when she sees the sunshine, the sky, flowers, like like introduce her to smelling flowers and she's like rolling you know uh around the little uh courtyard in at duke hospital and just like birds she, like the chirping sound and just like hey, all just, of those all those experiences and That's... it's like this is the very first time she's done any of this and can appreciate that and i'm like i will never forget that um mm. because i think if you have a baby from like day one or day you know three three months or whatever like you, you don't really know um, when do they start perceiving their world? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. What, what they're really, oh, they just, in. they just eat and poop. That's, they, that's all <laughs> yeah. they are, man. But she's basically <laughs> fucking annoy you in the middle of the night. That's, that's so she's a six month old. Right. Yeah. And now she's seeing the world for the first time. And you yeah. really get to see like a new the process like, is a little different. Yeah. 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 That's cool. It's just very that's rewarding. Cool. Um, I, I also mentioned another uh, thing that happened. This is when Catherine first met her sister, um, ah. because with Catherine's Catherine's autism or whatever it is, she was never one to talk to other people. Like it would just be us. She only talked to mom and dad. Right. And so we've been trying and trying. You know, she was three at the time that Naomi was born, and uh, when she went to see Naomi, she gave her a little toy. It was like a little dinosaur. Right. And she's like, hi, Naomi, I'm your big sister. I love you. I'm praying that's for you. Awesome. And then the nurse comes in. And I videotaped this, of course, oh, right? That's awesome. The nurse comes in and I'm like, oh, she's, you know, she's not going to bother her because she doesn't talk. Nope. As soon as she sees her, Catherine looks up and she's like, hi, I'm Catherine. And this is my sister. I'm going to take amazing. care of her. That's amazing. And I was like, that's, that's a fucking moment. That seriously to an adult. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she initiated that conversation. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. That's that guard that take my friend (laughs) with your fucking life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That that means the the world for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We have a couple of those, you know, little ones that, you know, after 
I don't know, seven or eight years, we hear yeah. Connor say mummy or yeah. something like that. Like, <laughs> okay, you know, yeah. yeah, guard that tape, man. Guard that tape. So I think having the the perspective of what we've what we've been through and and knowing that we faced life and death for so long, we are approaching this with both our kids, but especially with Naomi, that we don't know how long we're given on this world, you know, but right. we want to have more experiences than and, and time together in moments than just gifts and just stuff. Right. Mm. So we've never been big about giving a lot of gifts to our kids. Um, the grandparents can do that. You know, that's what they want to do. <laughs> sure. But we spend like our free time and money to, to go out and do things, you know, that's and awesome. sometimes those are big. Sometimes those are small. Building stories, building memories. For we're sure. building memories because I remember, you know, like they said, we don't have a lot of data for a heart transplanted child at this young. Um, they only started doing infant heart transplants in 86. Yeah. No shit. Wow. Yeah, it's not that long. But Holy so, fuck. It's come so far, though. In, in, so, in isn't that, that crazy, though? Isn't it fucking crazy? I mean, so I know. They don't have the data. They don't know, like, how successful it's going to be, how long she's going to live, how it's going to affect her life in the future. Um, and they, they kept giving us statistics, you know, before the transplant of, like, right. you know, the, the, the likelihood of getting to age five, you know, the likelihood of getting to age 10, the likelihood of graduating high school, <laughs> all that kind of that. stuff. You can't listen to that. <laughs> no, but that's it because they don't even know. So it's like, right. that's, it, 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 that's it. Fuck, fuck off. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just like, you know. So on her fifth birthday this past March, it was, I think it was really, really interesting to like remember all this stuff being said, you know, yeah. and I'm like, she just made it, you know. She hit a big milestone for what she's been through. Yeah. Um, and we want to celebrate that. And we, we, we do. We try to, on her heart anniversary, which is the day that she got the that transplant. Heart, <laughs> yeah. We right try on. to do something that will give back to struggling families who have kids in ICU or, you know, anything to do with like, yeah, the, like families, right? Um, we've done like donations of food to the nursing staff at Duke, mm -hmm. um, right. which they appreciated. We've collected um, uh, stuffed animals, you know, for all the kids. Yeah. That are in yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of stuff with Children's Miracle Network. Uh, there was one, uh, I think a couple of years ago, they um, the Children's Miracle Network did a photo shoot with Naomi um, and put her face on like the, the banners and the the advertising for children's miracle network to, to right. give that the things that you see at Walmart. Um, so on every register and in some banners in the aisles, you'll see, or you did at the time you saw my, my kid's face and it was awkward and weird to me that I would go to Walmart <laughs> and they're like, would you like to donate? And I'm like, that's my child. It's my kid. So and I'm they're good. like, Oh, I'm is good. she in child miracle network? I'm like, no, 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 that, is my child. that right there exactly <laughs> I, mean, I mean sometimes i do that too and it, you know like you know you want to donate to autism i'm like what for it's gonna go in my other pocket exactly you know i'm like oh. weird but but kind of cool you know that's so but one crazy. one time i actually bought the blue lantern i go yeah i'll put it in my autistic son's room how's that and he's like wow, oh, wow. okay you know I, it is awkward but you're like yeah okay whatever <laughs> yeah it's i don't really care it's like I, <laughs> exactly it's, there's, there's, you develop you develop 
I, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but hey, that boat fucking left a long time ago. <laughs> I think it kind of blase about bullshit. Not, yeah. bu- but like, no, I get that. You know what I mean? You yeah, know, like, con- yeah, inconsequentials, it don't matter nothing. Yes, like, fuck it. that's I, probably I the biggest care. change in my personality from now, from when I had yeah. Catherine, is uh-huh. now I'm like, fuck it. I mean, that doesn't matter, so fuck it. Nope. That person's exactly. opinion doesn't and this matter. might seem a little unrelated, but I, I'm gonna just gonna harp on that for a second because that quality that you're talking about, which I'm just gonna remove it from the entire story, if I if I may, for a moment. That quality of the moment when you stop giving a fuck for whatever <laughs> reason, all of the stuff that you've just told us about, all the stuff that Enzo has alluded to that he, he gets it, he gets it for very good reason. And for whatever reason that I could say I understand or 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 relate in some weird way the moment that any of us decides to stop giving a fuck and not in the bad sense we're not gonna become murderers and go and fucking punch people out and show it's i wouldn't say nothing to give a fuck fuck. about what other people think about or their opinion of what i do with myself i'm a good person i'm a moral person i'm not gonna go and yeah i was gonna say i'm not gonna go and kill small animals and then enzo's gonna tell his chipmunk story but that's no 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 no. he's he's, he's hibernating don't worry about it right yeah let's clarify it's not that you don't give a fuck it's that you don't dwell on bullshit anymore. It yeah, doesn't affect you right. the way it used to. Like, oh, what am I going to do about that? I'm worrying about yeah. no, that not. ability to cut through the nonsense yeah. and get to the fucking anymore. point. <laughs> getting to hey. the point is hard. You say you don't cherish stuff anymore? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I, I don't shower as much anymore. I shower as much. <laughs> <laughs> well, join our club, brother, man. I mean, for good. this is an honest <laughs> podcast, right? <laughs> 100%. 100%. But yeah, I mean, there, there's there's so much you learn from uh, moments, life moments. Let's call them life moments or, or, yeah. or crisis or whatever, you know? I mean, well, when life punches you, you, yeah, you start you, you start wondering, well, what the fuck is this all about? And yeah, what whatever really you believe in here. or don't, it's just the, that that idea of, you know what? I don't give a fuck anymore. It's like, it's a very aha you, moment. You, you know, yeah. it's a revolutionary It, it is, but you, you still I'm give a more fuck. free right now. And like, like I can do anything I want because yeah. Yeah. there's really no reason I can't. And so that's exactly. my segue. That's exactly yes. what I was hoping that we would get to, because that's the moment. That's the moment that we can only hope to aspire for. Some people call it self-actualization. Some people call it, oh my goodness, I had my fucking, you know, epiphany. My, my revelation, epiphany, my epiphany, whatever the fuck you want to call it. That's my favorite word. Yeah. That's when shit gets fucking, real. I'm going to say fun. Like, that real has a bad connotation when it gets fun, because... David Bowie had a good, uh, he alluded to this in a way. He says, you got to be able to wade out into the water until your feet aren't touching the bottom and you get that uncomfortable moment. That's when you're at your biggest potential. And that's fun. That's the kind of fun that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about fun about being super comfortable and everything is secure and fine because it's never like that. Life's going to (laughs) throw fucking chaos at you. It's about not not caring that you're awkward or not caring that people don't know you or think you're weird or something. It's just like, fuck it. Like, so tell us about when you decided that I don't give a fuck and 
What prompted you to create that first video? <laughs> yeah, dude. Video? I, I, oh, but I, hold I, on a second. Let's be fair, Jared. You were a rebel long before any of this stuff happened. Okay, so this is not a sign of something new. You know, this is a, well, this hey, a reflection. This is the true you. This, this is, is true age inappropriate. Also, here, right? This is Brother, like when you fucking it, grow man. up, you're not a teenager anymore. It's just because <laughs> I save on fucking shampoo. Fuck off. That's yeah. right. I get one <laughs> bottle for the year. It's all I all I need. There you go. All right, so tell us what prompted you to create your first video, not knowing that it was going to be for a channel or a brand of any sort. But what prompted sure. you? What was the, what would brought you to that moment there? Because we didn't talk about the games at all yet, man. No. So yeah. if you wanna if you wanna start this story with it, well, hold on a second. I, I just want to know and whatever. I just want to know if he's got access and allies somewhere in there because I want it. <laughs> uh, I'll answer that afterwards to keep you guessing. All right. <laughs> because all right, I got about three hundred games in my library. Okay, so I guess I do have to wow. step back. It's 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 wow. it's improper of me to ask you this question without saying <laughs> when did you first get into games? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's a broad question because that yeah, can include purpose. a lot of games, like video games, and then there's like classic board games that you might play as a kid that I also played as a kid. So, if I had to ask you Jared to give me the elevator pitch executive summary of your <laughs> your what got you, Collecting? what hooked you? What hooks you? Are we going to call it collecting? Yeah, that's the thing. It's collecting. A sense of how it started. Okay. Other than playing, you know, your your regular games growing up with family and friends that everyone knows about. Somewhere around college, I was introduced to other new types of modern games like Settlers of Catan, Carcassonne, Betrayal at House on the Hill. um, Some of those. And those interesting. Were, the Settlers of Catan is an interesting one because when we get out of that Monopoly game of life sort of thin layer, that's the that's the gateway game right there. Right? <laughs> that is a huge gateway so game. Catan was, right I think, the very first uh, what they call Euro game that came to America and changed everything. Yeah. Um, for the first time, Americans were seeing board games that didn't have player elimination. Like people will have to play the whole time. There's no way to eliminate people. It had mm. player interaction where you were trading things with people and like you had to work together on some level. It had um, route building and piece like a lot of wooden pieces that we never <laughs> used before. Yeah, and uh, it just was very unique, like variable setup. Right. If you played Catan, you know that every time you play, it'll be different because of the way the tiles come out and the numbers come out. And all of this is just one aspect of uh, what makes a Euro game, you know, kind of what it is. But that was the first introduction for for everybody, you know, in our country. Ever since then, we've been getting more and more and more and more. Um, and we're currently at a point in this industry, if you will, that. Uh, it's hard to sometimes distinguish between like a Euro game and a, what they call now an Ameritrash game. <laughs> That's a great sounds, name. I love that. Ameritrash. It sounds like a weird term, but that's what people use. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. It's Funny. not even questioned. It's like, oh, this is a game that's all about theme. It's all about the interaction. And, you know, it's not so much about points as much, but it's, it's maybe big miniatures on things. And, you know, that's an Ameritrash game. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But a Euro is like, I'm going to move this cube to move this and collect this resource. And then I'm going to turn that in to get this. And, you know, it's kind of like sometimes it feels like solo multiplayer um, because I'm working on my own little thing and then you're working on yours. You got to interact. Sometimes it's like, well, I did this and now you can't, you know? Um, So there's, there's that. But 
So when I played Catan and I played Carcassonne, I was like, these are really unique and I like this a lot. But I didn't really get hooked until I played The Last Night on Earth, which is a zombie game. And at the time, this was right before the, the, the peak of like zombie everything. Right. Generation Z. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was working at Blockbuster at the time. Wow. Time. There's a timely freaking reference. <laughs> Part time job while in school. Yeah. And uh, my supervisor, who's now like my best friend, um, he and I would just talk all day about movies and then we'd start talking about games. And I went to his place and we started playing Magic the Gathering um, nice. Beautiful. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, he was like, you know, we, I got I got lots of board games. You want, you want me to show you some cool stuff? I'm like, yeah, sure. That's when it was like, this is awesome. I started playing 10, 11, 12 new games. And one of these that really hooked me was Last Night on Earth, where like one or sometimes two people get to be the zombies okay. and control the zombies on the map and basically just attack, attack, attack. And it's awesome. <laughs> That's so where cool. the other players control four heroes and they can collect items. They can search buildings. They can attack zombies. They can um, all sorts That's of pretty stuff. cool. That's a pretty cool way of, yeah. yeah. And when Why you, not? when you play that game, there's like all these scenarios that you can play out. And the fun thing was as a movie fan, like definitely I'm a cinephile was why I worked at Blockbuster. Mm. And I've seen so many movies since working at Blockbuster because, you know, five free rentals a, a week. For sure, man. <laughs> totally so, capitalize on that. Absolutely. Bro. That's what I'm saying. I got that Tarantino, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> hard knock school. I yeah. was going to, I was going to say James Silent Bob, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Dante and Randall, but anyway, they, clerks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw clerks at block or through blockbuster being an employee. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Um, there you go. I love that movie. It's hilarious. It's, it started many, many fledgling movie directors lives. Yes, that did. movie right there. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, yeah. So I was into zombie movies for a while. I watched all kinds of zombie movies. I was really into resident evil games and video games of that nature. And then right. when I found that the board game had this like real experience of, of playing out these B movie horror plots. I was like, <laughs> Fuck, this is cool. awesome. Like get up. to the truck. We gotta find the keys. We gotta get the gas. We gotta get everybody on the truck and we gotta not die. And yeah. it's like, that's awesome. To um, formalize the 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 complete sandbox experience of a of an RPG and to add some rules that sort of force you to take sides, but to have the sides. Enzo's <laughs> alluding to Axis and Allies before. Great game, uh, but it's everyone. Sure, you, the, you got the Axis and the Allies, but it's not the zombies against the fucking humans, right? It no, is this it's not the <laughs> very interesting split that happens. And when you get yes. into that layer, and there's other, you know, like different medieval races or whatever fantasy races, it's, it's a very five. interesting way to sort of think of out of the box, out of the sandbox, yeah. if you will. Yeah, so many games now. There's pretty much a theme for everything. There's a there's a board game. <laughs> themed after anything you can think of um wow. point like, like spotify ago, playlists <laughs> three years ago the most popular game was themed around watching birds wow it's okay. called wingspan and it is still extremely popular and the highest selling game of that whole publisher okay no um it, and basically you collect birds and put them in your little journal uh and they can be in like three different one of three types of habitats and you collect eggs, and then they Pretty have special mod. abilities. It's a board game? 
it's a board game. This is wow. a board game. But there's not really a board. Everyone has their own board. Um, and it comes with a dice tower, and you throw dice in there for food that you collect resources and feed your birds. Wow. That's as bad as the fucking fishing on the first Nintendo. You know? <laughs> yeah. well, sorry. The point is even a dry theme can be a hit in the board. Yeah, game of course. World there's, there's no logic to the it, is there? Plan, you know, um, that the, what you're doing in the game and how it plays is just so good. Nobody cared that they didn't know anything about birds. Yeah, you know, yeah. But yeah, all of a sudden, of a lot of people became interested. You know, but game design gets a chance to flourish in that era where you've got people that have been thinking about this kind of stuff for a long, long time. Whether they were inspired by whatever series of books that may have been the 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 catalyst to that sort of thinking process, game development. Yeah. really flourished because of that does that industry of game design right game development is 100% reliant on that passion 100% yeah. and yeah. every other thing that comes from it and, so and you know the the lady who made that game uh she was not a game designer she was not someone whose job it was to come up with new games she's right. an ornithologist she's like a sure biologist she just knows birds <laughs> Yeah. And she came up with a way to make it interesting to introduce all these different birds. Well, that's cool. All that is cool. Yeah. 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 Um, and then now she designs other things. She's made a flowery uh, game called Tussie Mussie. <laughs> She's made a butterfly game about the migration of butterflies called right. Mariposas. And all of them have had fairly it. good success. That's that's You know what? If you're pushing uh, some sort of growth of knowledge, why the hell not? Yeah, absolutely. Mean, in my personal experience, growing up, um, our little group were Italian. My, uh, we're all kids of Italian immigrants. We all played card games, Italian card games growing up. And then we learned. And, of course, our first board game was Monopoly. We all played Monopoly. And it was like, okay, it's going too long. It's like, four, oh, fuck this shit. Fuck that. But it was fun. But we didn't know any other board games because we didn't have anything else. Right, you know? right. Okay, checkers, right. Monopoly. Options. And right. one of our friends, like when we were like teenagers, got Risk. And then we went bananas. We're like, oh, okay, yeah. we're playing Risk tonight. Yeah, but we're, we're supposed to go out clubbing. Fuck that. We're playing Risk. Fuck it. We're playing <laughs> Risk. Same here. Same here. Yeah. West Island variant of that was 100% happening. <laughs> While you yeah. were doing that, man, we were hanging out, drinking a fuckload of like, way too much beer. <laughs> and fucking shit face, making stupid jokes and creating crazy stories around all the stupid manner of things that would happen. Chaotic mistakes of the fucking language that we would say because of the beer at the risk table and then the various castle risk and all of those flavors of risk, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's so crazy. The fun that can happen around a table and whether that's RPG or tabletop or whatever, it's or taking video games and forcing people yeah, to interact so, around yeah. it. It's all it is. So, it's all it yeah, is. I think a lot of listeners who, who aren't familiar with modern gaming may not also know there's cooperative games. There's uh, games where there's a trader among you. Sometimes it's known. Sometimes it's unknown. That's awesome. um, there are solo board games. So if you don't know a lot of people, but you still want to play some board games, there are games that are playable or meant really? for specifically. That's one cool. Person. That's um, cool. By the way, for the record, Tebow is always sus. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, because of my, my, my 12 year old now, but you know, 
growing up with an autistic brother and then you know whatever 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 and we don't always have the time it's like okay we teach you a card game let's get a board game so yes you got monopoly we got snakes and ladders and yeah or sorry shoots and ladders now sorry sorry right right whatever same so then so then i'm like what else can we get what else is there like i've never had the game of life let's 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 get the game of life see how it is jesus christ i want to set it on fire I hate <laughs> game so much. oh god it's so stupid anyway i'm it's, sorry i'm sorry i think that's on my list of my like worst game that i hate <laughs> and, and, and it's so pushed like the game of life the game. i know <sighs> you know i brainwashed me too from when yeah. i was an eight-year-old seeing that commercial yeah it's like look at it spin yeah. Exactly. It's like fucking a crack monkey. It's more of a toy than it is a game. Yeah, it's horrible. It's fucking horrible. And you know the other one I was really disappointed in was Clue. Clue. I got him Clue, and I'm like, oh, this is freaking horrible, man. <laughs> yeah, Papa, are we gonna play? Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let me go have a cigarette and let me burn the game while I'm in the garage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was an accident. <sighs> yeah. What happened? Well, I don't have a clue. Oh, you know, so many <laughs> publishers. Uh, D- declined to publish it in America because it came from Europe as Cluedo, uh, England. Okay. And it was rejected outright over and over because they felt that they couldn't market it because it was about murder. Oh, you know, it had a very okay. dark tone and they're it's, like, I just find not... it's too long. It's yeah. too... <sighs> but it's, it's, I mean, listen, there's a game for every single style of play, whether it's casual or intense well, you know, when or you, strategy yeah, or medieval kids, or whatever. You're trying to keep them, you know. Yeah. I, agreed, agreed. But that's the like, thing. Like, I wouldn't play Risk. Categories now more, more yeah. uh, like, a, but more I am going to get precise than ever before. Right? I want to like get back into it. categories. There's all kinds of experiences, all kinds of difficulties, as you mentioned. I've got games that are considered gateway games. Like Catan would be a gateway game because you're yeah. kind of in, like moving someone from no experience to some experience and like gets your appetite wet for something more. Cool. Um, I have to that's check that the out gateway there. games. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> and then there's like medium weight strategy where sometimes it's a gateway, sometimes it's like just past a gateway. So like they've like seen four or five games and they're like, okay, I'm starting to see how modern gaming looks. And then you show them something new that's a little more complex and they're like, Oh, there's a lot to this now. <laughs> and then once you get to where I'm at and you've played hundreds, you're like, I want that five hour strategy game. Right. Do you want the back daddy? I want all this stuff. <laughs> now, you see, I've I, I, I've had I had to let you sort of roll with it for a little bit, Jared, because I wanted you to be able because this what we're talking about now for the past few minutes or so is really something that I wanted to reserve for in like two or three questions. But I want people to see that breadth of knowledge, that breadth of experience and passion that you have. And that's exactly one of the things that we all need more of is to have share that, that, that expression of, I am fucking passionate about this. Absolutely. And everyone needs to take a look. If you've never looked at it, you need to take a look. So we're going to, if you'll permit me, I'm just going to pause it there because we're going to continue that sort of in-depth conversation about games after the next couple of questions. Yeah. And now that we've got some background, you're clearly an expert. You're clearly someone who knows what the fuck he's talking about. I'm the history of games, a, a all hobbyist. of the people that were involved in developing those games. Yeah. No, but I mean, you can't sort of deny the idea here that when we're talking to you about games, we're talking to someone who pretty much knows them all or has heard about it, even if it doesn't exist. in. And I'd be surprised if it didn't exist in the shelves behind you. So now I'm going to ask you that question that I was alluded to before. I'd like to know what prompted you to create your first video for what is now your channel. What were yeah. the motivations behind that? So 
the first time I made a tutorial video, which is basically the bread and butter of my YouTube channel, I did not have the channel. I did not even think of making a channel. I just made a video for my friends. Um, the thought was, <laughs> I just got this cool game, and there's a lot of rules to it, and I really want to play with you guys, but I don't want it to take all day so that you guys can also play other games and that sort of thing. Um, there weren't too many video tutorials on it, and I was like, I'm pretty good at explaining games. I do that a lot, and my friends kind of know me as like the guy who explains and teaches the games. Like, I like reading rule books. Um, it's weird, but... No, but I mean, for, for a board game, you have to. I mean, I don't need the instruction manual when I'm putting together a nuclear bomb, but I'll read the fucking handbook for my Monopoly. <laughs> right. You know, like, fuck, you got to have priorities. So I, it, for me, that passion of just understanding <laughs> games comes from my uh, love of philosophy, where that was my double major, that and marketing. And in philosophy, you're reading like axioms and principles and like the deductions from that. And they create their own system of ethics or morality or social, uh, social understanding and like the social contract, whatever it is. Um, they've kind of created their own, uh, self-contained system, assuming that there's no inconsistencies in their logic. I have to interject here and ask you a totally off the wall question. Are you a fan of Isaac Asimov's foundation series? No, I've not seen it. It's a book. It's a series of books. Yeah, I've not seen it. Okay. Or read Continue. it. Continue. Okay. <laughs> it was just an interesting, just because it, it has to deal with what you were just yeah. describing. Go on. Yeah. Sorry. Enzo That's saw fine. a parallel. No, I get that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's Big cool. Time. But, but, you know, so, so understanding like how, how systems are built and how like one thing builds on each other and how you, how you should best organize your thoughts, you know, so that it comes mm. across uh, to the reader. Um, those are all things that I studied and learned and really appreciate. Um, and then as far as marketing, you have to do that as well as you're communicating your product and your idea to sell it to somebody. 100%. Um, but so when I look at rule books, like it makes sense to me uh, and I understand, like I can view a rule book and be like, that was well put together. I don't care if it was 50 pages. That was a well-made rule book, you know, but then this one over here, it was five pages. It was terrible. I had to reread it five times and have the game set up in front of me just to understand what it was talking about. Right. Yes. right. Like, <laughs> That's where you can see how much preparation was put into uh, actually developing. Uh, I've actually done that too. Like, what? No. Yeah. But that interesting what? sort of inter interplay, you know, that uh, codependency of different disciplines in order to create an entertaining experience, that applies in board games, in video games, movies, yeah. uh, music, every single creative uh outlet there are specialties upon specialties upon specialties that can drill down and make the overall final experience just really cool i don't know why i thought that was yeah. fucking amazing because there were seventy five thousand people involved and it was like take you know uh what's uh, the 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 completely graphic um movie um oh my god blue they're they're blue they're on a different Avatar. planet Avatar, thank yeah, you. Avatar. Fuck, I had a total brain fart. Well, Avatar is an exactly perfect example of that, where there's just billions or anything Lord of the Rings, or like just it's so crazy how many people can get involved to make that. It's you can get to 90% pretty easily, but that last 10, you fucking pay with money and blood. It's yeah. fucking hard. Yeah. And that rule book that you're reading that you say that was a good experience. 
because you can see the quality that was put in or the passion that was properly reflected. Right. And to have that understanding in a global sort of perspective of a genre, you are an Mm. absolute expert of games. And so here's something I need to ask you. I want to know about this first video here, and I'm sorry to harken harken back because I'm keeping you from talking about the games. No, no, it's all good. It's 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 really important now to sort of think that that video is being created by not mistake, but just to necessities of mother of invention. So you're creating a video to explain to your friends how to play a fucking game, right? And then something happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So two years later, and uh, I'm, I'm looking through. Well, it's probably a year and a half. Let's say. Uh, I was looking at the video and I was like, this has got a lot of views on YouTube. Like, what's going on there? <laughs> like, what has happened? And there's like comments and they're like, thank you so much for this. They're like, this has really helped. And now I can finally play this and that sort of stuff. I'm like, you know, there's something to this. Like, this is not only helping like or helped my friends, um, but it's helping people that I'll never meet. Um, and yeah. if I have an ability of teaching and communicating a game's rules effectively, I should be able to just give that like produce and make that happen for people because over, over this time of like getting into the hobby and playing a lot of games and meeting all these people and, and just, you know, engaging, I, I fell in love with it. You know, I mean, just passion. Right. And so for me, I said, you know, how can I get more people to have these same experiences? How can I get more people to play really awesome games that they've never heard of, um, but would love if they could get to a point to where they could play it. Um, and so the, the biggest obstacles to that are knowing someone that can tell them about the game. First of all, uh, being able to read the rule book and understand the rule book or being able to teach that rule book to your friends, because those are all different skills. Um, and, and just, having people to play with, I I felt that I could probably solve some of those if I made very detailed, comprehensive, and like showing all the close-ups of the table, of the board, of every piece that I'm talking about, as if I were at your table. I'm like, that's not what's been done. Like there's videos Mm -hmm. out there that are like surface, they cover this in general, this in general, to get you an idea for what it plays when, like if you want to buy it. You know, it's more of like a review teach, right? But it's not something you could actually use. And I was like, that's what is missing. And especially games that are complex. Games that um, are past the gateway games, um, but games that are like that heavyweight, medium weight, those things that um, only real gamers and hobbyists get to play and enjoy. And I'm like... I, I want so many people to be able to have those experiences because they're amazing. And so many people would enjoy this because as you were saying earlier, there's a game for everybody. Mm. Um, <laughs> and hopefully if I can make a, a, a detailed enough and, and organized type of useful tutorial video, then people can use it and, and learn without relying on a friend mm without having to read the rule book and understand it themselves or without having to teach it because they can just give them but the then video. You become the friend. You become the friend. They, That's they, right. The anonymous friend or like so, they, the, the, like the, the watch, person that they've never met, but they feel like they know you. <laughs> and if you watch the tutorials I do in all of my intros, I, I try to say like, my intention is that you'll actually use this at the table. 
like boot it up on your phone. I don't care. Mm. Like, I'll help you set it up. I'll help you. Like, and I've got the links or uh, what they call timestamps in the video. Right. So mm. you can go back to different sections. So I Brilliant. section it off. So like, this is combat. This is a player's turn. These are the actions, all that kind of stuff. And so like, you can quickly navigate instead of having to find out in the rule book if that's, if that's a hurdle for you. Um, I that's love cool, that. Jared, that's amazing. That takes a lot of work and a lot yeah. of planning to, 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 yeah. So, but all of the best of the worlds are coming yeah. together. Your passion for games, your love of psychology, your, your, you know, your, your, uh, your, your, philosophy. your niche, you put a, sorry, philosophy. philosophy, you're putting it all to work, man. You're putting it all to yeah. work. It's like, boom, there it is. So, so script writing, I mean, a big part of producing these tutorials, obviously you read the rule book, you play the game, hopefully um, you write the script which has to have everything you need. You record yeah. the dialogue with a green screen, which I have over here. Um, and then you record uh, all the footage you need for all the close-ups and then put it all together. Um, that, I don't even know how many hours it is, but it's a lot of hours. Um, but, the, the, but as far as combining like, all the different loves I have, like philosophy and reading all this stuff, when I'm doing that script writing, it's almost like I'm, I've taken someone's philosophy you know, thesis, mm. and I'm trying to give it to the common man. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you're exploding that rule book into a right. into a format that people can hopefully right. understand and try to communicate it in a very straightforward, direct way. That right. I'm just there with you, telling you this is what we do now. Don't don't read it. That's very blueprinty. But let me explain mm-hmm. it to you. Um, so that's cool. that's, that's, third, that's like yeah. rewriting philosophy in a script form. I, I want to know where you, how do you keep up to date with new board games? Like, where does this come from? Like, I mean, like most people, they walk into Walmart. Uh, okay. <laughs> Yahtzee. Or there are local game shops. Like, I know there's a couple that well, growing the up, old, there was the like old hobby. This, like, you know, we used to go to yeah, a hobby shop. Uh, so you go, yeah, hobby, hobby shop. shop. Well, I used to buy my model airplanes and shit, but right. those are yeah. long gone. So There's not many of those around anymore. That's true. Now they're almost dedicated, dedicated game, shops. game shops. And we call them FLGS, friendly local game stores. Right. Okay. So anywhere you look on like forums and threads and everything, it's like where you can expect to find your, your local FLGS. Magic the Gathering crew or Dungeons right. and Dragons or that's where uh, you'll whatever. find all those dedicated, you know, collectible card game players and all that stuff. Right. Uh, which is, you know, the bread and butter and keeping those stores alive um, yeah. for the most part. Um, But board game stores, board game cafes, those are great places to both meet people to play with, uh, learn new games, and be recommended new games and find out about new games. Um, But if past that, there's always the internet. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I could name like a dozen websites that you you can look up news and follow that stuff. But I would say the single most important is basically the IMDb equivalent for board gaming. Okay. Really? No cool. A lot of people are familiar with like movies and following yeah. the international sure. movie database. Well, in board gaming, we have that and it's known as boardgamegeek.com. Okay. All right. It's like the single largest aggregate of information for board games worldwide. Um, if you are a board gamer, you have a profile, you have your collection listed, you have it rated, you, you follow designers, publishers, like everybody's on there. Wow. Yeah. wow. So if you want news, information, um, files, print and play stuff, like fan created stuff, rules, 
anything to do with ratings, uh, everything, categories. It's all fuck. I'm going definitely. I I, seriously, that's fucking cool. It's on my homepage. Like my biggest bitch about society today is the lack of, of, Oh, look, a 15 second video next. Board game forces you to sit on your ass and concentrate for two, yeah. three, and four, focus. five hours. And right. focus. And, right. and I don't want to get back. I I'm mean, I, I love that my, my, you know, I don't mind so much the video games because he plays and he's whatever, you know, he's only got two games, <sighs> big deal. But, you know, the board games, and I'm like, fuck, I want to play Monopoly again this Christmas. <laughs> Jesus fucking No Christ way. <laughs> you know? And I made damn sure I made the... Uh, Shoots and ladders disappear and game of life. I made them, they're gone. So there's there's hope for us, Jared. There's hope for us. Yeah, that's awesome. I want, I mean, you're on your way, man. That's the first step is admitting that there are better games. (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course. Christ, you know, it's like I can't play what's the oh, you know, which one I keep. It's it, but it's something, something psychological. Um, the hell is it called? Because it's a cheap knockoff. I've even that don't have the original. You know, the, the, the you drop the it's like playing tic tac toe, but it's oh, uh, it stratego kind of thing, or uh, like um, no clanker or some I don't know, you know, it's red and blue discs, oh, it's not, not checkers, it's checkers. not checkers, you have to oh, just like get four or five four. in a line. Oh, yeah, yeah okay, four? right. Uh, con- uh, is it connect, it, four? connect four? There you go, that's it. Yeah, it's got that right. plastic thing with all the holes, yeah, and, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. And then you, you try to connect four by dropping the coins, yeah, right. is it four right. or five? Four. I don't remember. I know it's called Connect Four, but I think the one I have, you have to actually get five. I was thinking of actually coming up with a version called Connect One. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that off, I though. still have because you know, you know, when I'm tired, the kid actually kicks my ass. Now I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, I'll give you one quick recommendation if you want a fun game that is um, kind of quick, but also something that you kind of build together. Um, Rhino Hero. Well, cool. basically you're you you put uh two folded cards on the on the table and you place your roof card and the next player places folded oh, cards yeah. for the walls and then a roof card and you're yeah, build, building this like tower that. sure <laughs> and uh each roof has a, di- a diagram of how the walls need to be placed and so Ooh. sometimes it's only one or sometimes it's like in a certain angle oh, and shit. you have to do it that way and if you can get all your roof cards placed first, you win. But there's also the Rhino Hero miniature, which is like a little wooden piece. And he's got his like cape on or whatever. He's kind of a superhero going up to the... He's, he keeps climbing right. up the tower. Um, <laughs> whenever someone plays a roof card that has his little picture on an icon, that player has to move him to that card oh, before being able to build. No and shit. so as it gets bigger and more, you know, like unstable, you're yeah, like, Ooh, sure. you just played you know, this uh, card that makes me move them and I got to get them and then I got to put it on top and then I got to build the walls and I put my roof up. That's that's like, uh, what is it, Jenga? No, the other, what's the other one? You pull the, the, it's the like balls and... reverse Jenga. It's yeah. Exactly. I was yeah. just going to say, it's like yeah. a variant of Jenga where there's some yeah. other, like, well, you know, I mean, there's like three games going on in there at the same time. Yeah, but, but that's, that's cool. really that's cool. cool. I got to check cool it out mix. because, I mean, I keep telling you I'm going to teach him 52 pickup, but... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, he's a little wary. A, I think I know that box. It's there's something interesting horrible. happening here. Yeah, and, and you know, it, I just I'm, <laughs> I'm realizing this now as we're ta- as you guys are explaining that together, the, uh, the the like 
the music industry, right? Uh, when there were still DJs recommending cool things and taking their own <laughs> initiative to be able to play music before, you know, payola and all that kind of crap happened. Yeah. And before commercial radio sort of nixed all of that and labels and whatever the reasons, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. There was a creative uh, sort of expression for radio uh, that fueled so much, like sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the, the answer to that creativity was new bands and new creative stuff. Right. And when it was nixed, it took a long time for it to research in a different way. That creativity could not be sort of contained. It came mm-hmm. out through fucking internet and, you know, like all of these different other venues became available for listeners and creators. And in yeah. the games, it sort of feels like, and this is it's, just like yeah. a noob trying to explain it in my own <laughs> stupid words. And you're probably seeing like, because you know where I'm going a mile, you know, a mile ahead. But same thing with games. We used to be able to like, you know, the, the Italian card games that Enzo is alluding to. I'm going to teach you these games. You guys have to learn this so we can. The real lesson is we're going to get to a fucking table together and talk about yeah. our shit. It's not about the game, but the game was enthralling enough to keep everyone at the fucking table. And when that was taken away by Monopoly and the game of life, no, no, no. That's the only fucking game you're going to play. That's it. That's the game. No more fucking family time. It's done. Yeah. And now what you're talking about, I'll never put down behind you is no, well, we never put it down. It's like, it's a predecessor (laughs) to something different. And now it's coming in different ways. And instead of, We've got past that. Is it? Am, am I right in saying that we've gotten past that era of having tried to homogenize games so much? Where now, like, it's that not makes the, sense, man. It's yeah. not the single layer. It's the fucking variety and the difference. It's so similar in so many ways to can the I, music industry and other things. You know? Can I throw in some philosophy for you guys? Fire away, man. Fire away. Because what you described is essentially Hegel's philosophy in a nutshell. <laughs> um, the 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 philosopher Hegel had uh, this theory that there's uh, in history and in ideas and and industries, there's thesis. And then because of thesis, there's a reaction called the antithesis and antithesis or antithesis. Antithesis. Hard to say. Um, And then at some point, those have to combine because they can't live together uh, alone. And so then there's synthesis. And then and then long enough time happens, then you get another antithesis from that and then more synthesis. So what you're describing is this classic board game experience, that's thesis, and then you get these Euro games or maybe video games, that's right. antithesis, anti, antithesis, it's hard to say. Yeah, antithesis. Um, and now we're at a point where games have like combined all of this into like what it is now, where there's hundreds of categories of styles of games that have this or has that, or player interaction or no player interaction, or elimination or no elimination, or points mm-hmm. or no points, and all this is combined and now we're at a new place where uh technology is we have video games we have board games and they're right about kind of (laughs) neck and neck on 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 popularity at this point believe it or not yeah and so we're also seeing synthesis of that where we're getting board games with apps with assisted you know audio and video and websites and and games that take place in a combination of this table presence um, and uh, electronic, not to also mention that you can play a lot of board games on the internet um, over Steam and other mm, you know mm-hmm. platforms. Um, I'm, I just can't wait to the point where I can virtually run down to Boardwalk with a fucking hammer and, fucking, <laughs> bing, 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 you bing. know, like, 
Hey, you owe me money now. <laughs> and have zombies erupt from fucking boardwalk. <laughs> that yeah, would no. be fucking dope. <laughs> I, I'm going to go there and pull a fucking Tony Soprano on whoever owns the fucking old top. I mean, eventually we're all going to be sitting at the table with VR glasses on us and we're like, you know, That's doing something scary. at the table. That is scary. <laughs> I look forward to all of that craziness because, you know, much like people say, everyone's going to have, you know, sort of uh, housekeeping robots and all that. And we, we <laughs> always crave at some point sort of like a, a little bit of old school with a little bit of technology romanticized yeah. into some new hybrid of it. And it's, it's never possible to predict that. I think a hundred percent, I got to tell you, listen, you know, Jared, you have such an interesting story and like Enzo and I always experience in our interviews with guests, we never know where it's going to go. And that's mm-hmm. what I think is the most important part. It's the chaos and the good chaos. I don't mean in a good sense of where our emotions are going to get taken. You've taken us on an incredible journey. I'm not, ending it just yet, but I have to say that I am going to skip one part that I was going to talk about, and it has to do with the team. I know that there were some challenges, and this is not new for anybody who's who's building a brand, who's building a business. Being an entrepreneur forces you to do all kinds of shit. You know, you, you, you love one thing, but you learn how to do the 18 other things that you fucking thought you hated. To, to, and to make you one thing go. <laughs> it's not so bad. Enzo's doing this every single day. Old dog, new tricks, man. And he's taking it to the Old extreme. yeller. Going to end up like old yeller. Old yeller. But we see that. We see what <laughs> yeah. you're doing. We, we appreciate your hard work. And we can, we can really get a sense of that evolution of what started earnestly as a, I'm going to fucking try this. Just being a good guy. Let me just help my friends. But that's the thing is that it's prefaced. And I'm so proud to be able to say that we captured at least a portion of that story. The creation story of Jared is not lost on us. Okay. Listen, there's a guy named Christopher Reeves. All right. And there is no mistaking the fucking similarity that I'm going to draw there. There's no mistaking. All right. We have the same last name. Yeah, no, but the Superman behind the fucking cape, all right, in front of the cape is, is he, is he, it's like almost the same. It's almost the same. You're an incredible super guy. What I think you are trying to do now is after so many trials, so many things, right, that could have easily not, you know, got you to this point. And, and yet you're here and you're having a fucking, uh, incredible sort of epiphany, I guess, of sorts. And you're doing something that you're passionate about. The games behind you speak volumes. So tell me a little bit about the current team that you've got. I know that everyone goes through sort of yeah. trials. We go through experiments and experiences yeah. and we, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Right. Tell me about the team that you've got today, people that you're working with that are supporting you and propping you up uh, and fanning your flames when you're doing what you're doing right now. Well, uh, as far as, production and, and video work and that sort of thing. It's me. Um, <laughs> however, I do have my buddy Jay who, uh, does the podcast with me. Um, and I can also say that my wife encourages me to, you know, do something that's creative and gets my head out of the, the serious bullshit that we deal with in our normal life. Um, and that's where this also helps me therapeutically to just kind of put something creative to paper, or in this case to video, but I, uh, I do everything on my own because I had to. Um, the people that I th- thought were going to be there for me to start and help with the editing and the filming and the mics and all that, um, they dropped out pretty quickly, seeing how much work was going to be involved. And um, so I had to teach myself how to do video editing and how to improve on lighting and green screen 
I, I didn't go to school for any of that. Uh, like I mentioned, I said I double majored in marketing and philosophy, not video, not audio. <laughs> like I'm a musician, but that's, you know, there's only so much you can apply there for, for, for video editing. Right. right. Um, so I had, I had a lot of hurdles uh, up front trying to just make, make it not fall apart immediately. I mean, cause there were several moments when it just, it was, it was like, okay, well, it looks like as of right now, there's not going to be a channel. And I had already made three videos and it's like, well, I have no plan because I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Um, but I pursued, persevered and just found a way and, um, long story short, I'm at a point now where, um, I found a friend through board game geek, which is that kind of website. And, uh, well, we're going to put the me. link up. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. He messaged me and was like, Hey, uh, I see, you know, from your bio that we have some things in common. Like I have four kids, special needs, and I understand you do too. So just that connection. And then he's like, plus I see you have a channel and I've always wanted to do like a podcast. I don't know if that's even interesting to you, but I just thought I'd drop you a line. And if you want to chat, give me a call. Here's my number. Um, and I was like, sure. So I called him. Pure chaos. Uh, I, I, yeah, I did not email. I just was like, I'll talk to this guy. Cause he, he, li- <laughs> he says he lives close to me. Um, and oh, on top of that as well, like, okay, the proximity, how crazy is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was like one town over. Wow. And, uh, so we talked on the phone for like two hours, uh, about like everything, kind of like what we're doing. And at the end of it, he's like, well, I don't want to like, you know, you know, push your, push you in any direction or, or force your hand or even try to tell you what to do. But if you're open to it, I'd love to work with you on making a podcast. Uh, and I was like, I would love to do that, but I'm working on so many different video series. I'm a one man production and I can't do that. Um, so we kind of put it on the shelf for a while and I was like, what if this is your, your baby, right? You take the lead of like, scheduling and coming up with topics and if there's an interview like scheduling those and and making sure everything's on top of that and i know how to record it and i know how to edit it and if i'm only doing those two things i can make this work um because i just compromise sure like i just don't have it in my 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 head to be able to add the extra thing at the time right and so he's like yeah i'll do that and so he came up with some ideas of, you know, some top 10 lists, which are always great um, for views or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, we found some uh, interview people we could interview. Uh, we, you know, so we, we just kind of, we just went, we just did it. I don't like, we didn't know what we we're doing. And I think the first episode was just like, this is an introduction. This is who I am. This is who Jay is. And we're not sure where this is going to go, but we're going to talk about board games and stuff to do with board games. Um, so come back next time, <laughs> you know, that kind of That's thing. That's awesome. Um, Don't, no idea what you're talking about. No idea. No it idea. has been just over a year, uh, of doing that podcast, uh, with Jay and Trudeau is where he's been the one to schedule and, and like come up with everything. So I always just ask him. And I, I, the only thing I do is remind him, I'm like, Hey, you know, we don't have any episode for the next <laughs> week. right? <laughs> I'm like, cause we do it every other week. Right. So I was right. like, by the way, we don't have anything banked, you know? So, uh, what do you want to do? And so he, he gets on and he's like, well, I can come over tomorrow. How's that? And we'll just, we'll talk about this. It's like, cool. Love it. Love it. And we do it. And we just sit in front of the camera. I hit the button, we get mic'd up and then I put it on my computer and I like one, run one run through and like cut out anything that's like dumb. And, then, <laughs> and that's it. Is it fair to say we're in the, we're poised to wish you happy anniversary on the, on the show? Like that's, oh, there you go. Yeah. That's amazing, Thank man. You. 
let's yeah. let's make this the anniversary celebration of your show. There okay? you go. <laughs> Good for you, pal. That's fucking great. And I mean, like, like we're just number twenty nine right now. Congratulations, man. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah, that's it's Thank over you. a year. It's over a year, right? Fifty two right, right. divided by two, man. You passed it. You passed yeah, it a few yeah. episodes ago. So congrats on for to both of you. But you know what? We gotta say that you're you're the one that we're talking to here because there's so many sure. things that uh that are yet to come. So we kind of get a sense of where you've been, uh your current projects and future projects is what I'd like to ask you about next so give us a few drop some names here let us know what you're working on and if there are any new things in the pipeline to expect in the future Uh, and if you do get into the links and stuff then don't worry about the urls we'll take care of all the address and stuff but do tell us you know give us the give us the names that people can look for and they can search for sure so most of the content i make is of course on youtube but i also kind of my my social media presence is instagram and through that, they post that post to Facebook and to Twitter. So all of those is Meeple Mentor, uh, where you can find it, subscribe or whatever. Um, as far as the content I'm making, oh, and there's also a website, but it's just supporting whatever I'm doing. It's just www.meeplementor, right? It's pretty straightforward. Um, but on the channel, I'm putting out at least eight videos a month. Um, which I think is about all I can really do. <laughs> um, so good, I, man. That's Never a mind. lot, man. That's a uh, lot. Every So the first and third Tuesdays of the month, I put out a new tutorial video. The second and fourth Tuesdays of the month is our podcast. And then every other Friday is a news video, um, which, so you were talking about where do you come up, where do you find news about oh. gaming? Well, if you want to watch my news videos, I cover every important thing that comes out in board gaming for the past two weeks, um, cool. every other Friday. And so and that's important. I'm glad you mentioned that because as, as resourceful as a website can be, whether it's curated or not, whether it's very, very well done or not, there's something to be said about getting that news from a familiar face, from a familiar yeah. voice. And that is exactly where you can come in and fill the gap. Well, I feel like that was... Um, it was a nice marriage of what I'm already doing on the channel as far as education. Um, mostly the no, channel is about, yeah, you know, perfect. like providing information, tutorials, right? It's not really, I don't do reviews. Uh, I've not ever done a review on the channel yet. I mean, maybe, but again, with that kind of schedule, who knows? I can never have time to do that. Yeah, but do you do you find whether it's for, for board games or video games or whatever, even movies nowadays, that the reviews are bullshit? Like, I, I questioned myself, did this guy actually see the movie or did this guy play the game? <laughs> well, I think you once that, you start you know, reviewing for, like, your thing, you know, and you just have to do it because that's your thing, sometimes you don't have the passion to actually no, appreciate what you're reviewing. Um, that's my That's my interpretation. But there's also the fact that you know, you also have to do the behind the scenes stuff where you're con- connecting with publishers and designers and you're like, hey, if right. you give me a copy yeah. of that, I'll review it and maybe it'll be good and then we'll keep working together. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. All that nonsense. It's like, fuck off. It's yeah. more than just pushing an opinion too. I mean, there's, there's yeah. it's twofold, right? You get to know the, the personality of the person who's reviewing so that you can say everything that he likes, I hate and vice versa. Right. Perfect. What's the two movie critics that were so famous for the longest time there? Cisco uh, and Ebert. Cisco and Ebert. So you, yeah, you kind of side with one or the other. And then for certain types of movies, you, oh, maybe him. I changed my mind. But yeah. it's it, at least, you know, like uh, it's it's pushing you in a direction regardless if you agree or disagree. Like as far as that, you get more out of me from my podcast. When we do our top mm-hmm. 10 lists, you'll understand where I'm coming from. 
and I'll mention games that I like, and it's not paid review. It's just us saying our no, exactly. Things. It's just your genuine experience. That's all. Yeah. You know, that's right. what so I, I like. I mean, that's that's really the furthest that I've gone as far as like praising games publicly. Um, no, it's your personal experience yeah. with it. That's cool. That's amazing. So, like, when I get games from publishers, it's in it's not all the time, but when I do, it's just for the like making tutorials or mm. just putting a picture on Instagram, which is not hard to do. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I felt like my integrity is like really important. Um, I agree. <laughs> there's also every other Wednesday on the channel, uh, I produce uh, short. Uh, promotional videos but not paid and that's jay so jay came up with an idea which i supported that was called jay's takeaways right where he's like it's like a two three minute top level this is this is a game that you should play and i like it that's it (laughs) that's cool that's cool but they're not new like they're they're just they're games that could be old or whatever it's just like Right. right this is my opinion and it's my takeaway so it's like two three minutes not not even a rating right um so that comes out every other wednesday that's Jared, awesome. you're doing some incredible that's... stuff man we're, we're just like you know we're 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 talking about games in our sort of limited scope because we don't play enough we don't really know many alternatives so no what we've experienced <laughs> and so, well that's the thing is that we could say the same thing if you were to sort of turn the tables around we could say that people don't write original music enough you know right. like fucking <laughs> do it like get right. on it like what are you waiting for you got all the tools it's for free like what the fuck you have no excuse and yet people make their own excuses so we're here to try and help bridge that gap and that's why we wanted to talk about all of this with you so much is to say don't fucking play monopoly anymore exactly please yeah. And go check out Jared's channel. So that's why we want people to know about Meeple Mentor, man. We're so thankful for you to be on, yeah. on the show. Is there something in the pipeline that you're thinking about that you can safely say, ah, I've toyed with the idea of doing this? Is there a future project that you sort of want to so, announce here on Tebow Vision? There's nothing, there's nothing to announce. All right. There's nothing in stone. But I have thrown out ideas of a series that I'd like to have on the channel. But, and this is a big caveat, I won't be able to be the one to take it on, much like the podcast, right? Right, It needs to be someone else has to come to me and be like, yes, this is, I can do that. And we'll put it on the the channel. All right, here it is. Obviously, we've got tutorials, we've got news, it's all educational. What we don't have, and what's also not really out there very much, is strategy how to win right so boom we find someone that's really good at winning games just make videos for every tutorial that i've made you know and it's like they complement each other so Mm -hmm. it's like here's how you play and then listen to my other friend who's like really good at winning this game and he's going to give you the top level best strategies on how to win so it's like the strategy series that's cool yeah sure you know I, that's what? a lot of in, work in my entrepreneurial opinion. All right. And I, I don't think it, you're going to kind of necessarily do this, but you should fucking paywall that shit and put it on Patreon. And if you want access to the winning strategies, go fucking subscribe, man, go and get that knowledge bit from that's Jared and evil. the team. Man. He's <laughs> evil and it's good. Oh yeah. That's the chaos idea. is coming out every that fucking day. Idea. That's a good Regardless idea. of how that manifests, I really hope it does work for you, Jared. I can't tell you how honored and thankful we are for you being on the show. Really appreciate it. And Enzo, man, you're a fucking superstar putting up with me every goddamn day, even though 
I'm in YouTube jail. I don't know. Yeah, how you, you guys are amazing. This has been a really fun conversation and you, uh, I'm glad we got to hang out and just talk. You about didn't answer that. my question though. Uh-oh. Don't make me come down there. So <laughs> I don't know if we'll ah, be right. happy or not, but I don't own a copy of Axis and Allies. Okay, you're off the hook. You're off the hook. <laughs> you're off the hook. Does it even still exist? Um, that was the best time we ever had. Me I think yeah, it does. Yeah. But I don't think a lot of people buy it right now. Uh, it's, it's, no, too, no. it's too much. World Honestly, War II too, is, is done in yeah. so many different ways. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different things but, that you can do to get your World War II sort of game on. What you know, would you recommend on. that would replace that? There you go. What would be your um, best suggest for, for, for post-pandemic uh, starving gamers looking for something similar sure. but brand new version? I mean, if you want something that's not as heavy, um, but has really, really cool looking like miniatures and monsters and stuff as well. And you're battling over areas for control. Check out Rising Sun, which is right up here. Uh, it's kind of got this Japanese samurai theme mixed with that fantasy with the monsters and everything. Um, it's a lot of fun and you can play it in two and a half hours or so instead of however long Axis and Allies is. Yeah, uh, Axis and weeks. Allies, Christ, I think we went over a weekend. Fuck, man. Or a couple don't of touch weeks. the table. Right. Don't touch the table. Move my fucking infantry. Ah, fucking shit. That's it. Plus, it has a, uh, a pretty yeah. unique um, method of cooperation as well, where uh, at the beginning of the, the year or, what, you know, like a whole round, there's what's called the tea ceremony where people are negotiating with each other who to pair up with. Okay. And in <laughs> odd numbered player games, it's even more interesting because who sure, you're going to somebody's lead off. Out. Right. Yeah. Who's going to get the straggler? Who's the odd date? Right. <laughs> and basically, for that entire year, you're you're uh, cooperating with this person, and so when they take an action, you also get that better action, basically, right, like right. a boon. But you can also choose to do the p- betray action, which gives you some personal help and allows you guys to fight in the wars to come. And they thought that you guys were friends for the year, but now it's not. It's I, that, I love the way how f- much it's everything is like you know, yeah, yeah. the evolution <laughs> of games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, much more. You want something new that's a little more streamlined with some cool. really cool art that. and miniatures and the Japanese samurai theme. Rising Sun is probably something we could stream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, more importantly, if anyone's looking for that similar kind of inspiration, and I know they're going to get it in droves by going to check out Meeple Mentor. Jared, thank you so much for being on the show. A real honor and a pleasure. Enzo, love you like a brother, man. Thank you for making time. And guys, until we meet again, and we'll be freaking, you're on the radar, man. We're going to be freaking stalking your socials and talking about you on Fridays. Regardless if you want us to or not. So we will be trying to bring attention to that great stuff that you're doing, man. And so until then, thank you so much. A la prochaine. Bye.